2: Tony Darn, and not to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll.
1: In a world
3: where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers
4: podcast. Wow, wow, Attention, Panther fans. Clean up on Isle Tepper. The Carolina Panthers may have entered a new year in 2024, but. The football season, sadly, is still not over, and it's ending in controversy. Drinks being thrown, frustrations over boiling, and the Carolina Panthers only have two wins with the potential of only having a third. Could be the worst season in Panthers history, but what has not been the worst season in the C3 Panthers podcast history is this year because I rock with all these people, wonderful people in the chat. And controversial Cody Lashney, rent-free Cody Lashney. I have never seen somebody. Thank God he's part of my podcast because it just adds a little spice to things. These kids, Cody, you live in their head, bro. You live yeah. in their head. they be looking back in your timeline. you be living, yeah. man. I don't know how you do it, bro, but it's because you got a wonderful personality and wonderful takes. Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast.
2: Hey, thank you, my brother. Happy New Year to everybody. The first C3 podcast of the year 2024. Uh, Yeah, I mean, what can I say, dog? I run these Twitter streets like I always have, man. But uh, look, there's uh, lots of controversial things to talk about, seemingly, all the time in Panther Nation. Now we're talking about our owner, throwing a drink on a Jaguars fan and the relative slap on the wrist that came to him after. I wonder what we all expected to happen to him after something like that. I don't know. We're going into a game that means a lot for the NFC South, uh, but sadly not a whole lot for the Carolina Panthers. But you know what? As we wind down this season, there is nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than hanging with my boys Talking Carolina Panther football, baby. You already know him and love him, Tony. I'm talking about our guy, Drew. What's up, Drew? Joey the Blind Panther, the Brand damn Ambassador, these little Skills, C. Cody 13, CJA, Dying Breed, Michael Widrick, What's up, brother? Happy your uh, Grandma only has one more bout of chemo left to go. Let's go, baby. James Island Panther, Jay Thomas. Kristen ladan what's up, Kristen? Off the porch podcast with Derek. What's up, muscles marinara python? The real C three A P, Tim Estes, and your bastard son, white chocolate espresso. Tony Dunn, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll
4: the Carolina Panthers offensive line did no favors for Bryce young this season, but you can do us a favor by smashing the thumbs up button, subscribing to the show or being super cool and hitting that little share link right now and dropping it on X formerly known as Twitter on Facebook or wherever you hang out, Instagram, Snapchat, things like that. We need to continue to broaden our voice in a moment where fans are locking arms together uh, amidst this type of turmoil. As CK looks up to the heavens, what are you praying for up there at that big giant monitor
0: of yours? Man, I, uh, I'm i just praying for uh, this week to just be over uh, and uh, be able to talk about something that isn't just a matter of how bad the Carolina Panthers suck. We have uh, one week, man, just one week, and then we can start talking about coaching candidates um, hopefully, we're only a few days away from seeing the 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 removal of Scott Fitterer from his position, and I hate—I really do hate how we just celebrate. Like it's it's tough because it's like half of me is elated with the idea that somebody's about to lose their job, but the other half of me is like, we shouldn't celebrate the dude losing his job, but it needs to happen. It's there's there's only so much. Of a rope you have before they hang you with it, (laughs) you know. Right? No kidding. kidding. uh, At this point in time, you've got to you've got to pull the trigger. You've got to move on, and I'm just ready to have some sense of of rejuvenation uh, because we feel it every off season, and I just we need to have it again, and hopefully it's the real thing this time.
4: I tell you one thing about this, when I continue to come back to people that make tons and tons of money and I feel sorry for them because they are human beings and things like this. But the reason that these positions are so high paid, um, particularly I see uh, players talking about this a lot of times, like, who cares what you fans say, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Us fans talking about it is the reason you guys make the money you make. Yeah. So, uh I try to console myself on the fact that if we weren't interested in it, they would be making like $125,000 a year instead of $1.4 million a year. So, anyway, the Carolina Panthers are a freaking mess. They've been a mess all season. Right when you try to find a little optimism and a little hope in the team, uh they go and get blanked by the Jaguars. I heard I was listening I was watching a movie the other night and they were and obviously it was british people and he kept saying jaguars i was like man that's how i'm gonna say it from now on jaguars
2: they really emphasized that you jaguars
4: <laughs> jaguars jaguars, jaguars. <laughs> jaguars blank the panthers 26 to nothing and really which was a complete and total offensive mess um and to be honest we probably need to go into the film room this week, Cody, just to figure out why it was as bad as it was, because it just never felt like the Panthers were even in striking distance that much um, of really putting up more than a field goal or something to that. And
2: after seeing two promising performances against the Falcons and the Packers, where we thought we were kind of building up to something. Yeah. Just a crash back down to earth. And
4: that is why so much has been problematic about this team is, Every moment, we thought we were going to find a little momentum, and that momentum didn't necessarily need to be wins. It just needed to be in some positive play from different position groups. They stepped backwards and backwards and backwards, and really that offensive line has just been moving backwards rather than forward all season. So we'd like to hear your thoughts on David Tepper's walloping $300,000 fine, uh, his lack of remorse in his – his statement about how he's deeply passionate about this team, but no apologies offered. Um, also, how is Bryce Young's season looking to you now in retrospect when we come to the final game? And how do the Carolina Panthers, are they going to be even interesting anytime soon? The numbers 252 228 5098. We'd love for you to be a part of the show, be a part of the community, consider being a C3 super fan at just ninety nine, as we continue to bring you a weekly show, a multi-weekly show, year in, year out, in our 11th season now, which is kind of fun to say, and that's why I love to call it the Longest Running Panthers podcast. I know some people get irritated. I say it, but it's the truth, baby. It's the truth. We ain't missing a week. And even though when Cody sent me a message, I was so glad you set the show up tonight. I've been still, uh, man, I'm just getting older from these holidays man this holiday season has just wrecked me just been very tired and i was like man i don't even really want to talk about this team
2: (laughs) i don't even really want to talk about it it's a battle it's a battle and as long as every fan knows that we're fighting that same battle so y'all know that you're the reason that we do this man hey we're all in this together
4: yeah um and I guess that's just where we're at. I'm so glad that I got you guys to continue to bring me back to it. And even though we don't have much to talk about now, I have just jinxed us. It will be a four-hour show. Let's rock and roll. Attention, Panther fans, clean up Isle Tepper. David Tepper has been the only real story that came out and overshadowed a 26 to nothing, walloping. You know, is that, if anything it might have made this one moment interesting in some ways at the end of the Panthers getting destroyed by the Jacksonville Jaguars, by not to mention by a third string quarterback, really just the most boring game ever in the history for me. Well, not in the history, but it just wasn't really an exciting game. And somehow the Jags still put up 26 points the way to turn it into an exciting discussion is for the billionaire owner to chunk a drink that probably cost like 90 bucks. It was probably like a $90 whiskey, water, like something, uh, <laughs> onto this fan right here. And we saw the video, kept replaying it on the post game show. And Cody, that's pretty much about the only story that has come out of this game. Clean up on Isle Tepper. Your thoughts uh, about the C three Panthers podcast and the Panthers this week so far?
2: Oh man, I mean, listen it, the the biggest news surrounding Panther Nation normally has nothing to do with the Panthers these days. It's stuff about David Tepper. It's who's going to be the coach. It's did we make the right decision at quarterback? There's so many things that go into this. And uh and real quick, so I don't forget, James Island Panther with the one ninety nine says. That fine is like one of us and getting $100. And listen, uh, we actually broke it. We showed the video on the postgame show, live on the show. We literally had no idea about it. I'm scrolling. We happen across the video. We show it live on the pod. And basically, only a couple hours before we go live today. I mean, like, I'm talking only a couple of hours. We finally get something of a statement the Carolina Panthers and David Tepper. And I'm going to be real. I don't like the guy. I think we all don't. But I almost respect him more because of his just fuck you attitude all the way across, man. When he came out to say, uh, I am deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior on Sunday. I should have let NFL stadium security handle any issues that arose. I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for by behavior. Uh, Nick Carboni chimed in with some interesting points here. A $300,000 fine is comically weak for an owner throwing something at fans. Uh, Two, David Tepper did not apologize at all, even one time in his statement. Uh, And the number three, the second line of the statement insinuates bad behavior on the part of the Jags fans. Uh, Look, man, I think that's his role. I think David Tepper knows his role, the big bad boss who can do what he wants and get away with it because he's worth $20 billion. Uh, It's par for the course. I can't say I'm surprised. And I'm almost wondering, like, what did fans expect to happen? You know, did we really think it was going to be more? Did we really think that they were going to make it where he couldn't come to games where he had to have a leave of absence? I, I just, I just don't see how any of that was possible. Uh, yeah, pretty abysmal considering how much it's worth. You know, in
4: uh, in some ways, I'm uh, of course I ir- I'm irritated by this. In, in many ways, is what irritates me most is just that David Tepper turns out to be more and more of a douchebag each day. Right? Yeah. Is like yeah. is he throws these Tepper tantrums. We've seen them multiple times where. Anytime you challenge his uh, his decision making, his authority, you know, uh, his no of expertise on anything. There is a certain defensive pretentiousness to him and a talk downiness that I am just probably associating with the financial aristocracy of America or the world, which is when you have this money then you uh, operate under different rules, right? And we kind of know that in many ways. I think the world is well aware that bukus of money allow you to live a different type of life, to interact with the courts in a different way, and to um, really just have a different set of social rules than normal people do. And I think we're aware of that, but it's just where we're reminded of it visually that it stings, so on one hand, that is the upsetting part to me. On the other hand, I'm like, man, I've been mad enough to do shit like this, too. Right. It's like so frustration. I mean, I don't know what I really want. I don't want the team to be punished because of David Tepper's asshole move. But uh, CK, you were mentioning this before the show. And I think this we mentioned it a bit on the post game. Does this kind of force David Tepper into whether he wants to or not, having to take a more, um, a a, role, a less visual role in the operation of the Carolina Panthers?
0: I mean, the answer is no. It's not going to force him to do anything. Should it? Yes. Um, I think David needs to step away and stop being in the spotlight for a little bit because everything that he has done has just absolutely... He's the opposite of the Midas touch uh, when it comes to the sporting world, right? Everything he's done for the Panthers has been the absolute worst possible decision. And it somehow continues to get worse everything he does. Um, With me and Cody, we're talking about it before the show started. and, And there's two avenues, right? One avenue is he's not going to want to do that. He's not going to want to step away because if things improve, there's a direct connection to him having been the problem, right? Um, however, if he were to stay in the spotlight and things improved, then he gets all of that glory and he's able to just say, see, I told you it wasn't me. You know what I mean? It's, I, I think that, I think his ego is going to continue to maintain his position and having such a important role in hiring guys and uh, having weekly meetings with coaches and things like that. I'm, nothing's going to force him to do it other than him doing something egregious that forces him out of the league entirely but right now the only thing that uh that Dave that David Tepper seems to care about is his uh his own uh his own image and and the only way he's going to improve that is if he's able to show that he did something to make this team better
4: let's talk momentarily about this statement though guys go back one slide, real quick for me the statement from the carolina panthers like you said after two days right Is uh you saw that was asked for comment by several um reporters that they were putting out on twitter and those reporters too took a cautious line and saying appears to have thrown a drink right not just like hey we all saw it the statement two days later, and you got to wonder—he's probably talking with the NFL. Some people, I think, in the post-game show or in even in the chat tonight, brought up maybe that you know, are there some legal ramifications that they're inquiring about and some different things before you you go after it. Um, Tepper says this: is he says I'm deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior on Sunday. I should have let the NFL stadium." security handle any issues that arose. I respect the NFL code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior. There is no apology there. No. Um, and would you even say there's really any remorse there?
2: No. <laughs> no, it says, no, there's nothing to indicate that he feels in any way sorry about what happened. Uh, I would say he's probably more sorry that someone filmed him. Yeah, rather than uh, him actually acting like a petulant child. Um, I mean, look, I think David Tepper is almost kind of numb to it at this point. Any type of publicity that he gets nowadays is bad. You know, it's like no one has anything good to say about David Tepper. And I think one of the things that we've learned about him um, in, in comparison to somebody like a Jerry Richardson, he's very tapped into what's being said about him. And, you know, it burns him a new asshole every time he has to go to another news site that's writing a degrading article about him or every time they're talking about him on ESPN and how he's out of control and how he's ruined this team and how he's just torn everything down that Panther fans have loved and um, how we're we've traded up for a quarterback uh, and we're only two and 14 we give up a hall for him now that quarterback did not live up to that. Uh, expectation of playing, uh, you know, being the number one pick in the draft. Now the pressure is on even double because you have to hope that the circumstances around Bryce yeah. haven't already hurt him in the future and that you're going to be able to find another head coach that's going to want to come in and build around Bryce Young, continue to uh, build around him as your franchise quarterback, put pieces around him, but also a coach that's going to want to deal with everything that we've got going on around here. That's the topic
4: uh, with, I want to talk about is not yeah. only do the Carolina Panthers have uh, difficulties when it comes to just the roster situation, talent and things like that. But you look through that, the fact that they've been through what, so, uh, three head coaches, a seven or whatever, if you count all the interims and all of that, or in five years, you watch how he hi- fires the soccer coaches like crazy. Then you hear the stories of Frank Reich having to move, take these meetings with them, which I don't know if that's that wild. You know, I don't know if just kind of sitting in and kind of keeping somebody in the loop is that wild of a thing. But it does really feel like, hey, report to me every little detail. In some ways, is what does does this moment truly affect or add to concerns for people that are interested in taking this job?
2: Okay. okay.
0: Yes. Um, I think that it hurts his perception as a number one. Like, I can't imagine that the things you've heard now feel that outlandish. Right. The the like one of the things that I mean, do you want to be a part of an organization where the owner is literally the laughing stock of the entire NFL? You know what I mean? I, I just don't know that that's wow. something that is going to bode well. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I, I wonder. Um, I wonder, Tony, if there's anyone around David Tepper, be it his wife or Scott, or just anyone in that organization, that is self-aware enough to let David Tepper know that he is interviewing now as well. He's not just a guy hiring; he is also having to pitch himself. Bless you. Two-day I almost felt like there was candidates. a little
4: bit of that in the last run too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but I mean, again, your first hire was Matt Rule. You gave him a leash. It didn't work out, right? We kind of expected that we would have something of a leash for Frank Reich as well. But now after everything that has transpired, you're essentially, you're having to talk to these coaches, and who knows what David Tepper is going to have to promise to get them to come here. And I'm not just talking about financially. What if Ben Johnson says, okay, look, I'll come to Charlotte, but... I also want full roster control. If he really wants Ben Johnson, what's he going to do? Say no. Oh, and By the way, and I want $17 million a year. And then I'll come and I'll build around your quarterback. I think and, the money I'll, is going to be I'll, the
4: easiest part for him to give into. It's just the ego part that's going to be the hardest part. Like finding yeah. a personality that can jive with him at this point. Yeah. And it's really sad for a guy that came In many ways, I thought we were getting a guy who came up and made his money. You know what I'm saying? Like, as in wasn't born into with a golden spoon, but worked his way up, which I mean, I know Wall Street is still just playing with other people's money Um, that that would give him a little bit more of a, you know, down to earth. You know, I've been here and he tries to be like that. I'm a guy from Pittsburgh and stuff like this, and It turns out that he's just run with that far more than I anticipated, just that I'm the dude and his ego is blown up. But for me, hiring all of these people, the biggest part is finding someone that can work with David Tepper. And I think that's why we had people like Scott Fitter. And I think Frank Reich, honestly, was a person that could work with David Tepper. You know, and that is was a work with you guy. Like, in fact, if anything, is Frank Wright was just too nice. So are you going to be able to get a guy like a Jim Harbaugh or something like that? And I don't think it's the money that's the problem, Cody. I don't even I think it's just the egos.
2: No. Well, we know money is not a problem. It's like the, the second or third. Uh, second, richest, yeah, it's like the one you know, is one of the richest men in the world. Uh, $20.6 billion. God, you can't even think of a... You, you can't imagine that amount in your head, right? Uh, but yeah, that's not going to be, be the problem. And I think that we know that at this point. I think what's worrisome, though, is how far is David Tepper going to have to bend over backward? So again, keep in mind, it, it, let's say you're someone who thinks Bryce can be the best quarterback in the NFL one day. Well, that's fine. He doesn't look like that right now. So you have to get a coach that's going to be able to envision something in the future, a vision of what they're going to want Bryce Young to be. And right now, I mean, let's let's be real. You have Justin Herbert, uh, who's probably going to we, – we know they're going to be needing a head coach. The, uh, the Bears, thanks to us, have the number one pick in the draft. They're going to have a lot of different options. They can either stay with Justin Fields, trade down and, and, and draft more players, or they can take a quarterback at number one and still get more picks by trading away Justin Fields, and they have the tenth overall pick right now. So it's like th- there's there's lots of different things that that a coach has to consider and what potentially could be better options for him. So if you're David Tepper and you want to get the best and the brightest coaching mind, yeah, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to break open not only the piggy bank but probably offer some things that he doesn't necessarily want to. And I do think that it comes back to that roster control discussion. The final thing I want to say about this is let's say you have a coach like, let's say Harbaugh or Ben Johnson or whoever it is, whoever you want to name that comes in here and says, okay, I want roster control. Well, then not only will he probably have to do that, but then you have to consider they're probably going to keep Scott figure as well. Because Fitter is just a patsy for whoever else anyway. He was already there when Matt Rule had final say-so over all things roster. Why not just stick with the same uh, lap dog that's been here the entire time? Uh, Which is also uh, incredibly concerning.
4: The only thing I don't like, or for me, I think a coach should have a lot of control over the roster, right? Or a lot of input. I think... uh, and the only thing that makes me hesitant in giving full like GM head coach status is how much importance there is to like contractual negotiations and those things that go into it that of the of the GM position that could detract or distract from the coach's ability to just deal with the coaching part. So for me it's not that I don't want a coach to have a ton of input into the players. I don't want a coach to just be given a set of players. And say and here, I want them to work in concert with the GM, but I want the GM to be the one that is really being interested in the long term plans of trades, draft picks, future and things like that. And then the, you know, the how we're going to navigate the the whatever the cap, the salary cap and things like that. And I think that's just a lot on one person to do. On top of that. So for me, it's not that I don't want a coach that has a ton of input, right? Um, But those are the things that are interesting to me. Uh, I want to bring this up is that on, if you go to Panthers.com, there is nowhere, the statement is not on their website. The number, the only thing I can find it on
2: their Twitter, too. It's not, it's not, yeah. um,
4: The Panthers did add a kicker in Matthew Wright. That is the news on their website because Eddie Pinheiro has not been able to kick at all, it seemed like, after no. he injured himself in warmups. Grim Reaper, thank you for your support with the $5 super chat. I hope this doesn't hinder the coaching search. Happy New Year, C3. Thank you very much. I want to bring this up and then I want to take, we'll get to some calls early so we can get more people calling in tonight because we want to get your thoughts on David Tepper, how this affects the coaching hire. How what you want to see from Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers in this final game. Don't forget the numbers, 252-228-5098. Josh Norris, a guy that I really want to get on the show, uh, really uh, tuned in with the Panthers from – it goes way back. I think he was with WFNZ when he was an intern and stuff before he moved up in the football world. But he's always really interested in the Carolina Panthers and a real hardcore Bryce Young defender – in so many ways, he came out and was talking about the David Tepper incident. And what he was just talking about is this I thought was interesting, and, and CK, you'll like this, because you brought up the offensive coordinator from Miami. Yeah. Right? His name is... Do you remember his name? I don't remember. Uh, I, I can look it up. Miami, uh, off-town, yeah,
2: something. <laughs> uh,
4: Miami Dolphins. Uh, I can't remember his name. Frank Smith. Smith. All right. Um, what Josh Norris said is that this type of behavior, these actions, and really just the tumult in Carolina makes them have to reach into tier two of coaches. Right. Is a guy who is Some like, what,
2: lesser known,
4: yeah, like what he called Frank Smith is that is like somebody who you, it's a sort of a reach, you know, in a way. Right. I mean, it might, is right. like, hopefully you hit on this, but I do think that that's what the Carolina Panthers are going to have to continue to do is to get a guy. If you're not the number one position, if you don't have, if you're not courting them entirely with the situation, because we don't have, there are more question marks about the roster, and you could say that there are more attractive jobs when it comes to the quarterback position, like the Chargers. Is that you do kind of have to reach a little <clears throat> bit for a more inexperienced, right, um, lesser-known yeah. name in this case. I and still that's know my where, name. Yeah. And well, that's well. where these names that you've brought up, uh, CK's brought up Frank Smith and Cody, you like? Uh, I
2: like Bobby Slovic, the yeah. offensive coordinator uh for the Tennessee I mean Tennessee, the Houston Texans had a great year with CJ Shroud, Um and it comes from that Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. I get Frank Smith probably does too, because uh Mike McDaniel also comes from that tree. But uh I think that Texans organization originally really liked what Bryce Young could do. Uh, I assume that to mean that he was a part of that group of people that really liked Bryce. And I agree with you, Tony, like especially in light of recent situations with everything surrounding the Carolina Panthers, we might not get the Ben Johnson type coach if Ben Johnson is the big time name this, this time around, just because what we've already said, there's a bunch of other attractive coaching jobs out there. And from red day.
4: flags, it might yeah. not even be that they're more attractive. It's just sort of maybe the red flags of Carolina.
2: Sure, a lot of different things from the roster to the front office to the owner. There's a lot of different things that we've you know uh, laid out very clearly. Uh, but if you're the if you're a Panther fan, one of the things I recommend is that instead of getting your heart set on one name, this coaching hire. Or this coaching cycle, um, I would become uh, basically. I would become better acquainted with a lot of them, and basically get used to a lot of them potentially being under running and have a couple of different favorites. So I like Bobby Slovak. Uh, I like Frank Smith. Uh, I think Jim Harbaugh. I would love Jim Harbaugh. I don't necessarily think Harbaugh wants to come to Carolina, but there right. are going to be coaches out there that you could do a lot worse than. And if that's indeed the case, just don't have your heart set on one individual person. You know, have you have a have a a list of names that you would like to see at that position. uh, And that way you don't end up getting your heart broken.
4: The professional. Thank you for being in the chat. The professional, he said um, he was talking about Josh Norris essentially said you're trying to get an up and coming coach a year early before they become a household name. I mean, isn't that what McDaniel kind of was? In some ways is like a, yeah. well, not that he, it's kind of hard to become the name under a guy like Shanahan or a Reed or something. We saw the troubles that be enemy and right. those guys face because you never seen as you're just the sous chef, not the chef. Um, but yeah, is that this does limit in some ways, but the good news is, and I will console you. I don't believe that the, the, any team looking for a coach has problems. Right. Is rarely unless a coach is just like stepping aside for retirement, kind of like where you're passing the torch from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, you know, or whatever, you know, and that's not a coaching analogy, but like every coaching position comes with its own issues. Right. Is you're not in a coaching search because your team is good or they've underperformed at the very minimum. So every team has problems. And the one thing that curtails all those problems is money. And thankfully, David Tepper has enough money to where he doesn't even have to apologize when he's caught on video doing things wrong. The number's 252-228-5098. We've got a lot more to talk about, but I want to bring the fans into the show, Cody, because this is not about us. It's about yes, them. Why don't we jump into some cat oh,
2: calls? Oh, yeah, we'll jump into some cat calls. And a real quick thank you to our guy, Jerry, with the 499. Says Panthers should have kept their players and picks and drafted Penix. He's not going top three. Uh, it says he's not going top three, uh, 430 yards yesterday. Woo! Let me tell you, I'm a fan of Michael Penix Jr. and consider becoming a super fan for $1.99 a month. If we're going to continue to have these post-game sessions where we break down a lot of the players that the Panthers could potentially be drafting uh, all throughout the draft, but specifically at that 33 overall. Let's jump into the cat calls at 252-228-5098.
0: So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah,
2: it's pretty sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that
0: make you feel?
5: Uh, very uncomfortable.
0: So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel?
6: It feels two two good like and a three and a four <coughs> and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose. who's that kid that can use one?
7: Hey, C3. This is your girl, Kristen Ladane First I want to
2: say is Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year.
7: Uh, so, not only do we have the worst game and gift bears the number one overall pick, our owner has literally shit the bed with that bull. While I'm loving the Tepper the hate, this sucks for our team at the end of the day. Any chance for a good or decent head coach? Probably out the door. I have called Tepper Dance Matter 2.0 for so long, but wow. This jerk-off really must want to be the most hated NFL owner in such a short time, for real. He's and with this 3 green circus, I don't know, even if we, off- even if we offer Derek Brown or Finkie Leibu a gravy contract, that they'll accept and stay, and I don't blame them. <sighs> but that literally guts me, all This is so bad, and I'll be blunt.
1: Yeah.
7: I'm quite sad because it's literally like we're watching the team we love being tormented and being put through a slow death. Maybe I'm a bit hungover, but I'm just over football. And that is something I thought I thought would never be possible. Anyways, love y'all. Keep pounding while we still can. Peace. Keep pounding.
2: We're sad you. too, Kristen.
4: Thank you, Kristen. Really a top caller on the C3 cat calls. Just comes in firing each and every time. Uh, you know, and this is, I was telling the guys before the show, that I don't know a time where I really felt like this blah about just talking about the Carolina Panthers, regardless of like, yeah, sometimes there's not a lot to talk about and different things, but it's like, this is becoming a drudge, a drudgery. It's drudgery to, and uh, you know, what, it's going to test our metal, but uh, you know, it's going to make us stronger as we continue to go. And it's wild.
2: We're all sad. Don't feel bad for being sad, Kristen. Yeah, We're all sad. I was telling CK before the show, like literally uh, right after that 2015 year, everything just crumbled in such a terrible way that it felt like it hasn't stopped crumbling ever since. Like it has just gotten perpetually worse and worse and worse. And I feel like right now, uh, you know, I mean, we see the fans in the chat, on Twitter, in messages, in the comment section. Fans are dejected right now, man. It's a hard living being a pan. Save big on Brunch for Mom,
7: all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: At their fan, when there's just not much to hang your hat on for the future.
4: Well, all the numbers for creators, people watching are down like crazy. Um, but for me, that is, and I use this, you know, because I'm a historian. And to me, this is the French Revolution, dude. Is like you start talking, you know, you're all, you're making all of these you get angry over the right things and then you tear this sucker down and everybody all of a sudden it's just you start devouring your own right now. The viscer, the visceralness between Panther fans on Twitter is insane. And I got to say, somebody get Monty a hobby, bro. Monty needs a hobby because all he does now, at least from what I'm seeing, is just go to Twitter Advanced Search, put in your name, and uh, tro- look for. And takes to- me
2: out of the context completely and, and put them up there for likes and retweets. Then he has the goal to say that I'm engagement farming, that yeah. I'm the one looking for clicks with my takes. Like, bro, it's... Been Get him a fun.
4: hobby, man. Get him it needs, a hobby. He
2: needs to go to bed. Uh,
4: we need to stop. We're, we're turning on each other, though, now. You know? Yeah. It is, uh, we're turning on each other. So let's go to the next goal.
8: How you doing, Paisans? You know who it is. You know who I want to talk about. This fucking guy, David Tepper. I am so fucking tired of this fucking guy, bro. What has he done? What has he done since since he's taken ownership of this fucking team? Nothing. Was it not a failed fucking practice facility? Fucking pulled out of Spartanburg, the one tradition in South Carolina we had. Fucking ruined any type of fucking C3 reunion at Monster Subs again, that's for fucking sure. Uh, what else did he do? Uh, throwing drinks at fans, having temper tantrums, firing coaches, this and that. Uh, not giving shit enough time, fucking hiring the wrong people. Uh, but, hey, he's got the most diverse fucking front office in football. That's great. That's great. We got every color of the fucking rainbow, but no fucking lick of talent in that motherfucker. So, yeah. For real. What the fuck has I'm this sorry. guy done? What, put the logo in the middle of the field? Super. Super. What else has he done? What, black helmets? All right, so we got black helmets, and we got fucking blue balls as fans. <laughs> this is bullshit. This guy's got to fucking go, man. We got to blow this fucking thing up. He's got to go. I'll fucking take. Uh, I'll take Elon Musk over this fucking guy. At least Elon Musk will let fucking football people handle his shit and not throw drinks at fans like a fucking immature little bitch. But I'll tell you, if Tommy the Bull was still hey. in business, I'd be giving him a call right now. Fucking end all the misery we got. Oh, with this my goodness. Guy. All right, boys. Have a good show. I got it.
2: <laughs> I just uh, love Pazan
4: uh, I want Jeff Bezos to be the owner. I think, Jeff, I mean, we also talked about Mr. Beast being an owner. I think that certain of these people would bring like would just make the fan experience. I think they would be more interested in the fan experience, right? Is like Mr. Beast media team and like all the stuff they would be able, all the creativity he would bring to training camp, to the draft, to whatever would just be fun, regardless if you're good or not. Yeah, and I think Bezos would just be like, all our games would be on Amazon Prime. Uh, he'd probably have like drones bringing your beers at the seat. Uh, the service would be incredible at Bank of America Stadium. They would just like, and if you were a Prime customer, you probably get some kind of bonus.
2: Yeah, discount off your beers at the yeah. stadium mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> right now, yeah.
4: David Tepper though, and what I think has continued, if you saw his press conference after the last time where he had to read through his temper tantrum, right? He's thrown. I think there's been three right now. And have, there been more than that. There is the Matt rule press conference where he got in his first fight fight with Scott Fowler. There was the press conference announcing the Frank Reich firing where it was just so short and curtain and he lost it kind of at the end. Um, uh, and then this drink episode there might be more tepper tantrums in the background that we don't know um but in this one of the things he always talks about is how much he does how many of the positive things the panthers have done right and it continues to talk about the business side the business side the business side he wants the new stadium this and that and despite his idea or him his his trying to position himself as wanting to win and be a football fan and this and that. And yes, he does seem to be invested in the team emotionally as they take the field. It does not. This guy does not make any mince any meat about trying to make money. No, (laughs) I mean, like he is juicing, getting all the juice from the squeeze. Uh, Prices have gone up. Uh, Concession prices like every single thing. The fan experience has become more expensive. Period. And I know there's a natural inflation, but it really does feel like there has been an acute attention to just remembering that this is an investment that he's trying to get more money out of each and every week, which to me also seems a little weird for being so rich. This almost seems like you're kind of like if I owned a football team and I was a billionaire and I'm making billions and millions on other places. Yeah, I wouldn't want to lose a lot of money in the football endeavor, but it feels like a hobby. Like you don't, yeah, you buy, I'm sure Jay Leno buys all those cars because he thinks they're going to invest, make money like over time and appreciate, but he also just like splurging the money on that. I just feel yeah. like Tepper is almost too interested in the money component.
2: Dude, don't you remember when we were all excited and how, how cool the story was that, yeah, he has brass balls on his table. And, oh uh, yeah, he, he wants, bought a guy's house and, and blew bulldozed it up all yeah, those and ble- built a bigger one and we were like oh yeah our owner's fucking cool dude. he drank came to the
4: roaring Riot drank a beer with the fans dude,
2: now you're just looking at it like each and every one of it just explains his personality more and more I was like in what world did we think that a hedge fund manager would be some kind of great guy especially for a football team as an owner yeah man we were duped um, that's I, what, I don't I don't know man
4: yeah uh call him oh there was one other tepper tantrum where he said they're fans from the basement
2: yeah the basement, I told basement dwellers like no. we already know how you think about us we already know that you look down at the people that support your football team and it's it, it's like the stereotypical Doc, you know, Mr. Scrooge, old guy on a hill with his millions and billions of dollars, just out of touch with reality.
4: Um, this is a funny story. Uh, someone brought up the ticket prices. You're right, though, about the the uh, hedge fund thing. It's like that type of world. Like when you really it's where we you guys were having a, a non football conversation before. The show got started. We're not we're not going to get into it, but it's like, why are we surprised? Right. Like, yeah. why are we surprised by this? Is that these people manipulate and use other people and not that I mean, of course, that's the brilliance of it. You take somebody else's money and their risk and you go and make your fortune with it. But it's not like they're out there being priests, you know, or like right. uh, like they devoted their life to missionary work. And somehow they stumbled across oil in the process and then gave it all back. Anyway, uh, somebody put in the chat, I think it was the real ACP was referencing how cheap ticket prices were. This is funny. This girl I know messages me uh, I think it was New Year's Eve. I don't I mean, I know her from a way back in the day, and they live kind of down the road, and she was like, "Hey, we're having people over tonight if you guys want to come by or whatever." And she goes, um, oh, my friend has uh, Panther tickets if you want them next week." And my first thought was this is because I'm like, no, I don't really want them. I, I know I'm embarrassed sometimes to say that because I have a podcast and like the going to the games are just a chore for me physically. Right. It's because it's so far away and things, you know, do you take off work? How are you going to take a day off of work already? And when just coming back, those types of things. But the financial aspect and component of it. Is always cumbersome, right? Especially yeah. when you gotta drive four hours there and back. All of those sure. added expenses that come with it. Um, when she said that, anytime someone says you want tickets, I generally just assume that they're giving them away. Uh, maybe that's my, <laughs> uh, maybe that's my own fault for you, like just randomly messaging me though and being like, "Hey, you want some tickets?" I didn't ask. Does anybody want sell to sell some tickets? Yeah, You know, and she was like, and she goes, yeah, I can't
2: yeah. sell these. I know you have a podcast. You well, know. <laughs> so
4: uh, she said, uh, so she sent me, she I said, uh, what did I say? I don't even know. I was like, I don't know or whatever. She said she wants, uh, I said, oh, is it, is it next weekend? That was what I asked her with the question. She said, yeah, um, her husband got sick. She bought him as a gift and she said she wants $200 before him. Mm. I went. Uh, nah, I'm good.
2: <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'm good. Just sent her a link with the, with the one dollar tickets. <laughs> let, at me actually, like, let me see if Let me see. I got the messages. Up there. Hold
4: on, hold on. Let me read because I want to see exactly what Did I said.
2: How many? How many times? That's how many times the amount.
4: Oh, um, she like, said
2: for that, the actual pay.
4: She said she sent me the message on Snap. But she said I couldn't figure out how to put this image up here, right? So she sent me a picture of the seats where they're at, uh, corner probably where, um, Susan Dean sits at. Probably, um, she said sorry, couldn't figure out how to get it on Snapchat. She's asking two hundred. I didn't say oh no, I good. I said word. I'm good, thanks. They suck anyway. Uh, she said ha ha yeah. But she said is it? Don't you have a podcast on them? I was like, "Yeah," she, <laughs> so, said, uh, she said. "Dang, so?
2: <laughs> I know." I was like,
4: "Well, I was like two hundred dollars, bro." I mean,
0: Mm-mm, no, no,
2: why?
4: God, uh, uh, I just la- I mean, I wasn't. She wasn't. She wasn't doing they anything. Of- They're decent, but I don't care, man. Like, I don't <laughs> even want to pay. Even if the tickets are free and good seats, I don't think I would care. Who
2: gives a shit?
4: And it's not, if I lived in Charlotte, I would. If I lived in away,
2: If you were as close as I am, yeah, fucking go there all the time. But yeah, having to drive, yeah, I know you and CK are far. And I think that he realizes that for a lot of Panther David Tepper doesn't realize that for a lot of Panther fans, that people make commitments to go to games. Like, one of our slogans is two states, one team. Yeah, People are coming from all around to see the Carolina Panthers play, and there aren't a whole lot of opportunities to do some. You know, there's only 17 games. So it's one of those things where it's like, not only are you talking down to the people that are literally making a pilgrimage to go and <laughs> see the team that you just bought, but, like, when you make comments like basement dweller fans and you're just so dismissive, of uh, of how you have done this football team, it it just shows you the type of person that he is. Like, don't ever let a person tell you who they are; let them show you who they are. And through this point, David Tepper has shown us who he is.
4: I also am always blown away when, or actually, just because of how much we were talking about how out of touch like the bazillionaire is, the billionaire type of person is. But I think that even people that make hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars are kind of out of touch yeah. too with what regular people, I mean to, to think that people have the regular casual money to throw around 10, 20, $30,000 at a time on whether it be boosters to their college team yeah. or these seats. And I think back to this is like, imagine if you paid for a family of four that means it 's an eight hundred dollars say five, I have five in my family, so every game at two hundred dollars a ticket is a thousand bucks eight thousand dollars minimum if you just did that quick math there, and then all the other if you knew how much eight thousand dollars was of my annual salary, that would be like the dumbest fucking financial commitment ever in my life, you know, and yeah, so yeah, that yeah. the fact that people have. When that one lady put on my, I told you guys about this on the podcast where she had tickets to the Cowboys game, and they were box seats. And again, I'm like hoping maybe somebody's just giving them away. <laughs> like maybe this is a one person that is like, oh, I just got these two tick extra tickets, and I don't really care. I got shit tons of money.
1: <laughs> and she yeah.
4: said they were like, what did I say it was like four that five thousand a piece? <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck, dude. What yeah. the fuck? Or maybe it was 1200 It was $1,200 a ticket. That's what it do was. You but There's 30 knows? people in a box? I'm just like... Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, uh, I don't do think
4: you- they're trying to be mead, but I think when people think about... Like, this is where we have a hard time empathizing with the world. So when you think of a world where everybody is not working hard, living off the government tit, or whatever you want to say, and only you're the only motherfucker that works in this and that... If you look at the quality of lifestyle you have, I don't know if you can really empathize with even regular middle class, lower middle class people, let alone poor people.
2: Yeah, it's I like, mean, oh, you, if,
4: I'm well, at my beach house—the air conditioner went out.
2: Yeah, I mean that it's you know, it, it's that class system, man. If you grew up with a spoon in your mouth and you had a great life, you'll never know, you know, what it's like to, you know, what that means to your average American. I used to like. Uh, the show on HBO called Succession and the main character of the show told all of his kids how much is a gallon of milk and he's in a room full of a bunch of other people that are millionaires and not one fucking person can tell him how much a gallon of milk costs He's because you don't live in the real world you're all so rich and so stuck up you have no idea what it actually takes to make things run and make things move and I think that's that's a, a good point to consider when talking about Tepper too like the last time that guy was late on a bill, I probably wasn't even born yet. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. It, yeah, it's, it's it's been. I'm so sitting long. here
4: going shit. I spent too much on Christmas. I'm gonna have to Uber drive at night.
2: <laughs> yeah,
4: it's like and every- I have a good job. That's what I continue to think is like. I mean, some of this is bad financial decisions. It's and, you like know, that
2: for everybody I- right I- now. I know a few right. people with good jobs that are struggling to yeah. I think people Making just
4: money. I think it's part of the American culture to live to the razor's edge of your finances. Is that's what we're encouraged to do uh yeah. culturally, mm. right? Um so I mean and look, so I'm not going to I have a really I don't ever I don't think in any near future I have to worry about having a roof over my head or something like that. Right. But to think of somebody that for me living in that type of position And I could even have trouble empathizing with someone who hasn't, didn't have enough money to pay the lights last month. And maybe they made bad financial decisions. Maybe they didn't. But to think of how far out of touch somebody that makes $800,000 a year to a 50, I I don't even know if it's out of touch, almost impossible to empathize. You know, I mean, I don't know. Can you truly walk a mile in someone else's shoes?
2: I know I sure can't. No, you
4: can't. And they can't uh, either. They can't do uh, it
2: in yours. Did you think um the the lady that was uh selling you the tickets like was she aware enough of Panthers football to know how astronomically bad they were?
4: No, I don't think well okay. I don't know if she's even enough of a like football fan. Like so she probably knew they weren't good. I don't even know yeah. if, I mean I'm not it's not her fault. I just was...
2: What? Yeah, everybody, dude, you can't any other time. Yeah, I got some tickets. I'll sell the tickets. You know, that's that's what people do. But yeah, not for this team. Not now. Yeah.
4: She said her husband got sick. I said, well, sorry, you ain't. I almost well, if I should have been just truthful is, you know what, you ain't getting that money back for him. You better start going ahead, and just trying to sell this stock while it's got any value before the game happens.
2: Like, Maybe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sorry, right. gotcha, bitch.
4: Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's go to Anthony and Charlotte.
2: And today, yo, what's up, C three? It's Andy? Charlotte, hope y'all boys are having a good Tuesday
9: night. Um, yeah, obviously the elephant in the room. Holy crap, that David Tepper video is something else. Just a whiny big baby. I hate that guy. I hate him. I wish he would sell the team. They have I mean, he's the common theme here. The team sucked ever since he got here. Last playoff for. Um, last playoff appearances before he came here, but um, ultimately I just want to say this, kind of add on to my. Someone was bringing this up. I want to bring this up, and I honestly think this could be very true because for the Panthers, um, someone was bringing up the fact that like, how long do you think it's going to take until Bryce Young requests a trade? Like seriously, him and his PR people and his parents, like, they they, they of here, course, yeah. like. They see him go to this shit show and, you know, he hasn't played good football, but he's probably not going to reach his full potential here because Scott Fitter's a dumbass and he doesn't know how to evaluate talent and he doesn't know how to sign the proper free agent. So how, like, this? I don't think you guys realize how bad of a situation this team, like it is to be a fan right now. Like, what do you think the odds are of that? Because Bryce Young's going to have, like, another year or two to prove himself, And we're not going to be able to know what he truly is. There's no help around him. So, again, like, where do we we go from here? Like, what is the solution? Like, I think the best way to put it is, I was listening to this morning I Believe in Panthers podcast with Dylan Skyler and Jonathan Stewart. We are a minimum of three years away from even being a competent NFL football team. Not even talking like, like, I'm talking like being like where the Bears at now. We're three years away from that. Like an eight and nine, nine and 18. like we aren't even—we're years away from seriously actually competing for like a chance, for like a Lombardi to bring home to the Carolinas. So I just want to get your thoughts on that. Like, what if he crazy if Bryce requested a trade and just been like, "Hey, I'm not gonna reach my full potential here. Your your owner's an egghead idiot, and um, the GM will never put talent around him. Seriously, offensive line, Icky Aquino at this point, probably a bust." Like, what did Scott Fitter actually hit on? J.C. Horn the, didn't even play Sunday, but he's active. Oh, I'm worried about my – like, bro, just retire, man. Like, you're a walking – you're a walking oh. – you're worse than Dante Jackson. He
2: said retire. Um, I
9: know I sound very negative, but I've grown zero patience for this team. And this is ultimately why I told a lot of you guys to um, limit your expectations. And I'm going to do it next year, too. And DJ Moore is the number one Roger Stever. He wasn't replaceable. Neither was McCaffrey. Anthony from Charlotte, keep motherfucking pounding.
2: Keep pounding. Uh, Where do you want to start? Dude, uh, a lot of sadness. Uh, I mean, three years. Do we really think it'll be three years? Again, it's not hard to believe that it would take that long, all things considering. But, I mean, let's be real. We've seen some turnarounds happen fairly quick. You know, I mean, even last year, the Texans... Uh, were terrible all year last year. But I think that looks at it. Division.
4: I think that just looks at it from a year-to-year turnaround is a lot of those turnarounds that we see going from really bad to good have also been being built in the background of r- several years of suckiness. So, I mean, right? you can't just be like, hey, the Bengals got Joe Burrow and then he got hurt in his rookie year, but then the next year they were great. Yeah, there was... Thirty, you know, 15 years of terribleness in front of that, that gave you lots of salary cap money, that gave you lots of draft picks. The Texans were in that type of position too, right? So if anything, the good news for the Texans is that they might have the the structure to make this a good team for a while, right? So I'm not saying it's impossible for the Panthers to be significantly better, you know, Sooner than later, because the NFL does. If we look at the parody, is all of a sudden, man, who knows what the, you know, how you could get six wins or something. I think the, what goes to this for me is, um, one, yeah, we're going to have to temper our expectations. That's what we should start saying from now on. Um, but I have a friend, and maybe he was a little loaded on New Year's. He's like, What do you think about Bryce? He kept asking me about Bryce Young. Bryce Young, Bryce Young. He loves sports and stuff. He goes on Pirate Radio. He's like, we saw what he could be in the last week. We saw what he can be. I think he's the guy. And I was like, dude, I really don't care right now. (laughs) Uh, No, I
2: wanted to talk Panthers right now. (laughs) Yeah, I
4: I just was I I said this is I'm at the point where I don't really care to talk about Bryce Young a lot anymore, because I don't know if we if for me, it's if I could sit here and argue to you. Forever about whether or not he's good, bad, indifferent, or this and that. But for me, I just don't know if we can put together a team in three years around him that is reasonably so it does almost doesn't matter. Bryce Young to me at this point isn't the story because right. now the story is can you feel the team respectable enough? to see if Bryce Young can be who he truly is as a player. So to me is the fear is that, if anything, is that we just wasted – we're going to end up wasting the opportunity for a quarterback to develop.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I-, I saw Adam Schefter on Pat McAfee today, and he was saying that, like, one, you're hoping that you haven't already ruined him, and two, that you're going to even be able to put the necessary pieces around him – for him to look like the guy you thought you drafted at number one overall. And none of that is guaranteed. And I think we've seen that firsthand. It's like uh, you have to manage your expectations as a Panther fan. Now, yeah. the good thing is, if we ever get good, it's almost certainly going to come by surprise. Like, I really don't think, like, let's say we nail everything this offseason, right? We get Ben Johnson and we fire Federer. We get Adam Peters, all the good shit that you want to happen over the course of an off season. Like if you're a Panther fan, how could you get excited about something after all the times that we've gotten excited over a coaching hire or a new GM? And then we did it last year. Down, even? I, that's what I'm saying. That's my whole point. It's like, it's impossible to even feel any type of safety or comfort in terms of this team might, you know, even potentially being able to be a competitive team
4: ck i don't know i mean i don't know if it's part of the fan dna to be burned too many times to like not get excited
0: i mean it's that's that's what i was mentioning at the top of the show is uh we every off season since 2017 we've just been waiting uh for the off season to come again uh and maybe this will be the one time that it changes and Right now, we're on track to have a decade of mediocrity, of not just mediocrity, bad football, like, bad. Like, we're, yeah. we're consistently, we haven't had Probably a winning three season. three years away from it, right? I know, yeah. I mean, it's really scary when you think about it. I mean, four years if you want to get technical, oh, yeah. right? Because we had a winning season in 2017. So we had 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 22, 23. So six years. So we need four more years to just roll, you know, kind of round out the decade. If we don't have any competitiveness over the next four years, um, you got to start talking about curse or the David Tepper curse, the Cam Newton curse, whatever you want to call it. Um, this has been absolutely abysmal. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's really difficult to try to muster the steam because you just remind yourself of the times that you had the hope and it just continued to falter. <sighs>
4: Eric, thank you for the super chat. Five dollars. Uh, look at this. The generosity does not waver, though, for Carolina Panther fans in the face <clears throat> of adversity. It says, who do you trust to run the team? Scott Fitter, David Tepper. And we probably we need a coach in there, too. Or the three stooges. And uh, immediately uh, the chat starts chiming in. The three stooges. Larry Curley and Moe. Right now, I think you could put these three stooges up there and we could do just as good of a job if not uh equally as bad. Um, that's a sad thing to think that uh um, ten years of no put no of no winning, really a uh, lack of being competitive is on the horizon, right? Six right, six, that's insane. And again, as every podcast it takes, here's my moment to reminisce about old Cam Newton, because there was a time in those first six, seven years, seven years of Cam's career where you never felt, I didn't care. If we would, if this would have been, think about this is not, if we would just been somewhere between 2017, 2018 and 2011, and we just didn't have Cam coming off of an injury, right? Or something like that. Say, or he was due to be back or something. Is there any, just him having him having him alone would give us a sense of optimism Hope. about, yeah. Telling
2: and I think Luke Kuechly
4: like was that on the oh, defensive sure. side too. For Is sure. that we forget too how just cool it was having these guys that were so... I mean, you could. Just, it didn't matter. I didn't care who those other. We got Luke Kuechly. Maybe the defense will be good. That's what I'd be like. We got Cam. Yeah. Newton. Well, yeah, if,
2: we, if, if we if we have Luke and Thomas Davis, we should be in okay defense. <laughs> uh, Tony, doesn't it seem like lifetimes ago when people used to say that uh, we were Cam Newton apologists, that we would oh, overly defi- we would overly defend Cam Newton too many times, and that we couldn't judge him fairly? Dude, that seems like. 10 lifetimes ago now.
4: And I tried to tell people when it comes to Cam Newton in those defense, because I had gotten so good at it. I had gotten the way Monty is not I maybe not mean. as maybe not as petty by he any. He
2: spends means. all of his days arguing about how great Bryce is. And meanwhile, he's like one of the bottom rank quarterbacks right yeah. now.
4: <laughs> so but like I was that art I never que- questioned or wavered in my Cam support. Right. Like I always now, though, what I could say is this is I could say, yeah, he's not the most accurate. But I got my cam defense really refined by the end. You know, like how to really describe. And what I would always tell people about cam is what cam does for what, sure, does cam have just deficiencies? Right. Does he have at times poor, you know, poor football, poor mechanics? Um, you know you could say oh he does it. i was like but all the things that he does poorly it's not, you're not thinking about all the things he gives to you bro like it's like hey yeah take that out of the all the good out of the equation and that yeah. shit sucks you know uh, it's like he did so much and you know cam was in the new or he's back in the news debo did we talk about the debo stuff
2: no, we didn't. Not not yet. We didn't uh, do it on
4: the post. Do you have it, Q? Do you have any of
2: it? <laughs> I mean, I can find it. It's, okay, it's but the, so
4: seconds. Debo Sam, suppose this is, can you guys probably know more about it than me? And I'd love the people in the chat to help me. I do this. know, yeah,
2: we, I, I want to talk about that. I also wanted to mention before we moved on like what could have been that at one point in time we had, a, we had Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, and DJ Moore all on this team at the same time and we couldn't figure out a way to get any of the prime of any of those three guys while they were here together. That that is abysmally sad, dude.
4: I gotta disagree with Daniel with the people give Cam too much credit. Um I don't know. It's a it's it's Cam was a one man show, dude. You know, it's like what he did alone. How about this is like I thought that Byron Bell was a bad left tackle. We've had three worse left tackles since then, probably. You know, I mean, like is uh, Cam, look, certainly, did Cam, were we consistently as good? No, right? I mean, we had right. up and down years for sure. The You can't discredit him for the 2013 year, though, when him and Steve Smith were cooking alone On offense, and you had a little running game with Jonathan Stewart, I believe, in 2013. That defense was the story of that season. They were the best Panthers defense I've seen since the Super Bowl team. But I I think this is like while Cam never was lights out, like all the time, you know, is that certainly in the Panthers offense was not like you could say outside of the 2015 season, the top ranked offense each year. And yes, that defense was so important and critical to whatever success we had. it was just that defense had like six players on it you could name their names that were important and on the offensive side you just had camp. it was just him and that was the way the team was structured and built and they knew that I think it's almost that we diminish how supermanish he was at times and it's kind of like hard to now I'm sitting here going damn. We don't got it. We don't have a single superstar on this team.
2: No. Outside of yeah, Derek tell you Brown. What.
0: It,
2: it's damn sure not right. Brian Burns. i tell you no. that. I mean,
0: you can't argue for it at this point in time.
2: I think we've all settled on that. You want, if you want to call him a good player, fine. A superstar he is not. And I don't give a fuck about a list that says his pass rush win rate. Dude, give me a break, man. He had six sacks on the season. I it know stacks are an
4: overflated stat, but how about this? They don't just, they don't put shy away from them when they got them. You know, is yeah. that if you really want to make um, sacks an overrated stat, then you need the people that get 16 sacks to say, it's not my 16 sacks though. It's the 982 pass rate. rate I got.
2: You know, it's like we don't. Yeah, the, is the that, win rate on on pass rushes on, on third and second, second down. down. <laughs> you know fucking brave dude. I mean, it's
4: true. They're right that those stats are probably more or just as important, but it doesn't matter. Those are the sacks who get what gets the bill paid. Yeah. And the NFL does it. We do it. Uh, the number's 252-228-5098. Give us a call. We'll take another call, and then we'll talk about this little Cam Newton thing. I'll pull that up.
6: What up, C3? This
10: Hemlock. Can we oh, say that is got to be the most expensive drink bought oh, at that was a to say. sporting event in history?
4: Oh, good thing you put I at mean, a sporting I event. I hope
10: he enjoyed it. So, anyways, I really don't have much else to say. Y'all have a good night.
4: All right. Yeah. Uh, talking about the expensiveness of this trade, I want to ask CK is pretty good with f- money or numbers. Yeah. Let's we'll just say numbers. How about this? Yeah. I don't know if I fully... One, I'd say I don't uh, buy this ratio right here in some ways, but then I'm starting to think, do I not know how much $20 billion really is? You don't know I, how
0: much $20 billion is. All right,
4: so... <laughs> Uh, it, 300000 it just feels like this is that what is, gosh, is it really that dude, small of a think drop about in it, the bucket,
0: $300,000? White chocolate espresso, your bastard son, did the best possible thing, and he put it even beyond millionaire status. He put it in terms of a $50,000 salary. This was the equivalent of $0.75. Cents. Oh, my God. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's like less than an actual can of
0: soda from a machine dude yeah i mean think about it from that perspective like on a day to day like let's just say you make fifty thousand dollars a year or your net worth is fifty thousand dollars right and you wanted to have the equal amount of percentage taken out of your check out of your net worth that was taken out of david tepper's based on his uh, his valuation of his uh, his himself it would be 75 cents. It wouldn't even break a full dollar because this was a drop in the bucket. This was nothing. This is not a, somebody said, um, you know, PNP, they put a, a tweet out that said something along the lines of, um, good, that he needs to know that, uh, that this is unacceptable. And I, and I responded, I said, this doesn't show him anything.
2: Yeah, what does this, that do? This is not even the know if
4: You can realistically monetarily find him a way that would right is because it would be such a punitively unprecedented amount of money.
0: But to, be like, hey, to be like, hey, ten money. billion dollars it legitimately doesn't have to be money. Uh, there's precedent that they've set themselves. With that Dolphins fan, or or whomever it was, that threw his drink on Tyreek Hill. He's been banned from all NFL uh, games league-wide for his entire life. Like, there's not, this isn't an unprecedented uh, situation. Now, here's the other part. Me and Cody were talking about it as well. There is an other side to this. We don't know the full story here. Now, as a, as somebody who is willing to I don't to, really
4: care though. I mean I agree. What,
0: what could but, the
4: story truly be
0: that would but, make you feel less um what if they threw something at him first? What if, all right, how about this? Let's go even further.
4: How about Let's that? Say, they would have already been escorted out. I don't no, think it's that. I think that somebody said Did he said something at a billionaire,
2: about I think if he threw something at a billionaire, that'll bounce his ass. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah I think would you, have been,
0: how would they do that that quick? You know what I'm saying? Like there's going to be, if it happened that quick, he's on the other side of this glass barrier, right? And, and so let's just say, here's my, well, we, watched and I'm not it. we know that didn't happen though. We, we know don't know that, that. Ha- yep. we don't why know that video that- unless it happened like 15 minutes earlier. Tony, why did they start recording that? And when you look at that video, that video was not pointed at David Tepper. That video was pointed on the outside of that window. Like it was trying to catch somebody doing I- something else. When you look I was at that heard video, that it happened
4: after the Bryce Young interception. So you I'm saying that, they were trash talking.
0: When you look at the when you look at the video, I'm not defending shit. I, this was despicable activity, and I've said it in the post game, and I said it today. So don't say that I'm defending anything. Um, my entire point is there's two sides to this story. This story, and here's the part. Here's my argument. Right, we don't know what happened. That video started for a reason. Number one, that video started for a reason, and that video was not... We only saw David Tepper for the last two frames of that video because the the focus of that video was not initially David Tepper. You saw this video pan to the outside of that window like it was trying to catch somebody else doing something. That's what I'm saying. You've got to understand there's two sides Clearly, there
4: was some jawing. I guess what I'm saying, CK, is that even whatever the other side of the story is, we have to believe if there was anything noteworthy that we would have heard it, we would have not only, like you said, the fact that they're going to ban a fan for a lifetime for a similar activity. Like, so why isn't it like at some point, the NFL is going to try to defend David Tepper and himself and say this irate fan, blah, 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 made vulgar statements to his wife or something, you know, but we haven't heard that. We know that this kid or whoever it was, my point is this, is that it, it is, I mean, this is the real power struggle that people people that talk about power structures in the world that they're referencing is that if a fan did this to him, the punishment to that fan would be real, right? Like you're saying is that if he would be banned from a football stadium from life. And this is uh, a soda, a a Sam's Club soda pop.
2: Hey, by the way, uh, uh, Daisman Adams says the fan got uh, got on someone's Instagram live and said what was exchanged. If hey, you if could any, send hey, but, us uh, that link, that's what I was literally about to say. At Cody Lack, at C O D Y L A C. If you can find that, send it to me on Twitter. I'll play it during the show.
4: Yeah, we would love to hear that. And and I what I guess my point is this is whatever justifies. And CK, I can understand that. I think I might have got get too mad. I was like, okay, he threw a drink, asshole, asshole move for sure. But we've all been put in those situations. To me, it's just this: is that when you learn of what three hundred thousand dollars is to a twenty billionaire, that. I'm starting. What what could you do to this guy other than draft picks, which would ultimately hurt us more than
0: even him?
2: Yeah. What could you do to this guy,
4: CK, to really?
0: I mean, you make have him to. feel. It would have to be something along the lines of not being involved in the football operations. I don't know if that's even at the possible. games. Didn't they do
4: that to Jerry Jones once? Didn't Jerry Jones have to like watch a game from his yacht? Yeah, or something? They've
2: done it to Jones. They've done it to Jim. Uh, I told CK before the show, uh, uh, Bud Adams, the former owner of the uh, Tennessee Titans, he flipped off a fan, shot him the bird and he had to pay $500,000. That's not a joke. I didn't make that up, dude. You, you can look that up.
4: And when was that? That was probably like 20 years ago.
2: Uh, so yeah, think about what
4: the inflation rate is of that now.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, are you how about this? Let me someone... ask you
4: this, DK. Are you surprised that this was the punishment that the NFL doled out? A little bit. Me too.
2: Yeah, this is like I don't know what year this was, but he's shooting the finger.
4: Oh, that's like <laughs> 40 years ago. <laughs>
2: yeah, but hey, he had to he had to pay for that, man. So, yeah, I thought we were expecting a little more than 300,000 just because it is such it's not even a drop in the bucket. Saying it's a drop in the bucket, uh that's far too grand. You know, it's less than a drop in the bucket to somebody like Yeah. I mean, when Uh, you think of it like
4: that, when you put uh, it's what 20 billion becomes, how um, unfathomable that becomes, like CK said to me, he's like, you just don't get it's not it's like it's not even just it's like once you get is 2 billion is so much is more while it is only twice as much as 1 billion. It's more.
2: Yeah, it is.
4: Right, is like is ten billion really just ten times more than one billion? I mean, and yes, mathematically it is, but in other ways, it's like in power ways or whatever,
2: exponentially more. Yeah, dude the the it's it's ridiculous to even think about how much money twenty billion dollars is, but. By the way, like I said to y'all earlier, we only got this response like an hour or two before the show even started, okay? And uh, so for a long time uh, leading up to this, uh, in the past two days, people were of the mindset, well, we're probably not going to hear anything from them. And Albert Breer, before uh, Tepper and them put out their uh, their statement, Albert Breer kind of put this out on Twitter, and I kind of think this is what actually happened. Uh, he says, uh, if Tepper hasn't answered for what it looked like she did, players and coaches he employs will have to. And again, tomorrow they're going to be doing interviews with uh, Tabor and Brown and, you know, Bryce Young. Everyone's going to be having to hear about this. And they would all have to say the same thing. Uh, well, you're going to have to ask David Tepper. And then they would say, well, David Tepper doesn't talk to us. You're the only people that we have to talk to about this. So I, I kind of think that's the only reason why he did it, to just take some of the heat off of the players and the coaches that would have to sure. answer for it. Uh, and I think that's the only reason that he did that.
4: CK, do you think that they should uh, ask, like, Tabor about this? I you know, I mean, it sucks for Tabor, right? Like, is that in his media press conferences? Um, and you know, he's not going to be able to say anything, right? Like, he's going to be like, "Look, that's
0: got nothing he, to do. i here to. to talk
4: about the football game."
0: He's going to have to talk about it on, on the off the rip, to be honest with you. Um, I think he's going to have to address that he's not going to talk about the incident, um, and that's going to be the end of it. Like, if somebody asks, he's going to be, "I'm going to go back to what I told you. I'm not going to be discussing this further." Um, so yeah, I do think that he'll be, do I think it's fair? Probably not. Um, do I think that the reporters have an obligation to ask those questions? Absolutely. Um, do the, do the players deserve it? I don't think the players should be asked about it. I really don't. I think the players should have zero, uh, Zero connection to this, and not be put into, put into that type of a situation. If I'm being honest, and the
4: team's not going to say. I almost feel like the reporter almost just has to ask it to Tabor or somebody just to ask it, with the knowing that, like, it's like, hey, we had to bring it up. It was our job to bring it up. It's your job to decline to talk about it. But you're right not with the player. Yeah,
2: oh, pretty man, much. It's, it's not fair. But there were What a,
4: when you find a NFL owner? I'm sure they have some legal structures in that where this money pathway goes. But so my cousin, who was the smart, she's two years younger than me. She's the most wonderful person. I've talked about her on this podcast before. She is a fintech lawyer. Right. And she is young. She's like she's 40 probably now, I think, because I'm 42. And yeah. she might be a hair tinge older. But like so, so she's kind of young in a new field. And so she turn, like is good at what she does, obviously. But she's a top lawyer. And I think it's also part because it's a newer field, right? Right. She got poached by another. She was a partner at a firm. She had made partner maybe like five or six years ago in a firm. And she had been their fintech lawyer. She got poached by another firm. So they bring her over. They make her, when you're a partner, you're an owner of the company. Her hourly fee, bro, is $1,600 an hour.
2: Jeez.
4: That's how much she charges, like, Google or whatever to be their lawyer. You take a phone wow. call with her, 1600 bucks, And she's so nice. She is the opposite of David Tepper, where she is, like, I mean, obviously, she's not a billionaire, but she, maybe I'm just, fan, she, I could see she her being a pit bull when she needs to be, but she isn't down to earth. All the right things. So, family got three kids, super just mom. Just
2: smart as can be. Yeah, yeah, everyone, smart, yeah.
4: Super mom, too. Not like it's just only career. It's great. Um, Why was I bringing this up? The 16. Oh, this is why. So, Well, if if she was going to first, she wouldn't want to a she wouldn't want me to be talking about this because she would be embarrassed, you know, because she doesn't want to probably define herself about how much she makes per hour. But if we really talked about it, she is. I'm sure she would be like, oh, well, I don't really make sixteen hundred dollars an hour. We got to take this and put it to the firm. Right. So say you take. Six hundred or eight hundred of that off the rip and then you put it into the business account. But she's still going to get like a 4, 10 or whatever, 8% kickback of what she puts into the pot. So my what I'm leading to believe is this. Does Tepper, when he puts $300,000 into the NFL pot, does he get... Like, or do they say that fines can't be put into profits? Like, I mean, is there some disclaimer? Because if if he is If it's thrown into a pot where you get access to the percentage of money, you didn't pay $300,000, really.
1: Um, you know? I, 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 yeah, I hear you.
4: Say that the NFL finds players to make money in a way. Like, it's like the fines are crazy and it's ridiculous. Yeah. They throw $30,000 on a fan, fine. Like, is, but where does that money go and what does it go to? I'm sure the NFL has something that they have some articulated statement. But to me, should the? I don't think it would be a good precedent to do this. But like, finding him to the NFL does that hurt anybody? Like he's they should almost make him give three hundred thousand dollars to like a Jacksonville community home or something.
2: I I I don't know anything about how. Like, where the money goes to... Obi uh, says yeah, NFL I,
4: fines go toward donations, which then means yeah, a and giant fucking tax write-off for these bitches.
2: Yes, yes, that's a great point, dude. It's a giant tax. So dude, when you
4: go to a store and they ask you to round up and you say, oh, I'm giving eight cents, fuck them, man. They are... Food Lion is then going to write a nine... A $900 million check from charity from their account to that charity and write it completely off, and they get the tax donation. They get the tax write off, should I say.
2: Yeah. Dude, it went, once you're over a certain amount of dollar amount and net worth, dude, the same rules don't apply to you as it does to everyone else, man. We know this.
4: Um, the number's is 252-228-5098. Let's take another call.
2: Hey, guys. It's the girl
11: that makes them howl, a.k.a. Joey the Blind Panther. am I thinking about old David Tepper, dickwad extraordinaire, billionaire that ain't done shit. Uh, I think I know why. What made him spill that drink? That night, he let the liquor talk away. Morgan Wallen. He brought music to Charlotte, and Morgan Wallen's coming to the stadium in July, so it's all good, right?
4: My wife is taking my kids. David Tepper's a
11: complete doofus. David Tepper is, you know, David Tepper brought music to Charlotte to distract us from the fact that he has utterly destroyed the Carolina Panthers, and if the Panthers are ever to be fixed, it's clearly going to take David Tepper stepping back, either voluntarily or being forced to, you know, either way we could force him to. I, you know, I highly doubt that's going to happen. Um, if anything is going to happen it, with David Tepper, it's going to be because someone made him to, because clearly he does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And because football doesn't work that way, he throws a tantrum like a little bitch, and uh, <laughs> like a little bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I was actually I actually looked up local news coverage in Jacksonville and what happened. Uh, here's the quote from a fan who actually took the video. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be on the show. I doubt oh. it. But uh, it said my phone has been blowing up after this situation. Really, I'm over it. I will say that 99% of replies from Panthers fans have been, thank you. Apparently, they're not big fans of their owner. That's what she said. Uh, I memorized that quote pretty much. Let me
4: check Instagram Uh, out.
11: You think? You think we think our owners are shithead.
4: She did not respond to me on Instagram. I'm sure she got blown up by a lot of people. And while she's over, it, we would love to know the context. I'd love to know a little bit of some of the things. I'm sure that can get in the head of a lot of these people, CK, like you brought it right. up. But we don't have a lot of grace for football players when they do stuff like this. You know, Uh, like when we have uh, football players that now. And sometimes I like when football players talk trash to opposing fans and some things like that, and stand up. Like somebody I think put on Twitter in this chat somewhere earlier is like, "You didn't have a problem, like you celebrated when Cam Newton ripped that Green Bay sign down."
2: I saw that too. What a bullshit equivalency, huh? We were one. We were in Bank of America Stadium, our home, and you had a bunch of uh, Packers fans. Laying their flags around, and that camp said, Nah, take that shit down. This is Panther Stadium. Take and that's kind of
4: part of the natural fan banter, yeah. right? And like, that's you, like you, what's built into the natural animosity. Right,
2: right, that goes into it. You're a billionaire, not on home soil, though. you're at the opposing team's uh, stadium, you're in a booth, in a box, throwing a drink on a fan. Like, dude, that, they, those are in no way the same thing. Or and we
4: didn't have – we don't have any grace or sympathy for people like Richard Mendenhall who say those wild things while he's not in the league anymore. You have some of these players like uh, – you have uh, the tackle for the Giants who've taught a lot of shit to, to Giants fans and some different things. We don't uh, – I understand, I think, as obviously I'm Catholic and – begging for forgiveness of every turn of my life the importance of forgiveness and stuff but this is why we can fight like it how about this i think it's a good time to talk about this cody ck you sent us something i think is very interesting today when you tried to generate a picture tell us about what happened when you tried to generate and i if you can want to share any internet. screenshot, can you share any of our conversation? Well, or? I
0: think there's a couple of pieces to that. Um, I think it's because I said his name directly. It's yeah. if you were to do that with anybody's name, I think it would, it probably would do it. give you that big error message. Now, what I do find interesting Well, tell is the fans
4: what happened first.
0: Basically, I told the uh the chat, the whatever you want to call it, uh, the image uh, the, the AI image generator. generator. Thing, right. I told it to generate an image of David David Tepper throwing uh, a drink on a Jaguars fan, um, and it uh, basically would not. It refused to. Now, again, part of that is probably by design, based on what I'm seeing, um, or what however, you're
4: asking it to do, maybe. Right,
0: right um, is, However, what is interesting about it is: can you
4: run a test after this and put throw yeah. uh, do a picture of Tony Dunn?
0: Yeah. Host of
4: C3 Panthers podcast, Tony Dunn, throwing a drink on listener. Right.
0: Yeah, that should be possible. Um, But nonetheless, so I told it to do that. It would not do that. Um, But I found it interesting that not even just a matter that it wouldn't do that. It would. It actually almost tried to convince me not to want to. I was like, (laughs) it was like, why would you want to ask for this? Like, is what is basically Mm -hmm. how it approached it. Because it happened. yeah, I, I, it was such a weird uh, weird way for it to approach it that way. But nonetheless, yeah, it happened. It is what it is. But You got uh, a
4: picture of it, funny. though, eventually, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I got a picture of that. that
4: what was the place. prompt did you have to change it to to do it?
2: Kevin uh, does them all the time. He just doesn't use Tepper's name, and they're hilarious. Yeah,
0: yeah, basically, and, I
4: learned I, how to do it. I you know gotta... about ChatGBT, but I do not know about the free image ones. Which one? Somebody tell me what a good free image one is. Because why didn't we use that image in the podcast thumb is my question.
0: That's what I, I, I gave you. That's the ones I sent you uh, via text. Yeah. Um, but uh, I did. Basically, you have to say fat businessman. <laughs> and, and it'll Bat, generate the What? Bad bald, businessman? Bald? Uh, uh, bald fat businessman. <laughs> um, and that's how you generate those images. <laughs> so uh, you can get around it by basically. And not you asked and-
4: it to
2: make a. um? Dude, you can ask him to do anything. Right, but hey, you know, hey, you can
4: you ask it, to ask it to make a positive picture of David Tepper, though? Like, will it let you do good things about his name? Is it because it was his name and his negative name? Mean, I don't want to get too far into it. We'll take another call as we're thinking about those things.
2: I'm going to find some of Kevin's and show them all right, my,
4: um... Here we go. Let's go to the numbers, 252-228-5098.
3: Hey C three, how are you today? Uh, pathetic uh, three hundred thousand dollar fine. I forgot that's like that's like blowing a dollar at a, at a gas station for us. Um, anyway, um, something we talked about on spaces just a few minutes ago, and I wanted to bring it to y'all's attention. Um, you know, the last couple of years. When we make a draft pick, or sign a free agency, or we get a coach, we always hype them up. I, I, I'm just not going to do that anymore. You know, I'm. I'm you know what? I'm from here on out. If if the players, or the coaches, or the owners, or the GM or general manager, if they want hyped up, they're going to earn it. I'm not giving no more freebies. Okay, no more free hype ups. Okay, if you want it, you earn it. If not shut will shut up. Now, that don't mean I ain't going to talk about him. That ain't mean, don't mean I'm going to give my opinion, but I'm not going to hype the ass up. Okay? I hyped up Bryce Young even after the draft because he was a Panther. You know, before that, I wanted stroud or I a, didn't want to trade up to start with. And, and you know, you could go on, you know, as we do. But, you know what? You know what? They're going to be no more hyped up. You're No more hyping up. And I suggest the Panther fans, the rest of the Panther fans to do that. Not, I'm not telling you how to fan. You fan the way you want to fan. But, you know, I, I'm not going to get all into these players that are going to suck. So from here on out, if you want to show earn it, I wasn't, I wasn't a guy. I didn't think we needed Duke Keekly when we drafted him. And I turned out to be wrong. And I was overwhelmingly happy I was because I hyped him up after that. Same thing with Ryan Cleo. I'm glad I was wrong. Um, I can go on and on and on. And, Ian, I just can't can't hype up these players that are going to suck. Brandon Smith should have never been drafted in the third round. Um, You know, you can go on and on on about draft picks that shouldn't have been drafted, but they was. So um, keep pounding in.
4: Oh, uh, that brings, sucks. thank you. Thank you for, uh, that call pickle. Great stuff. Um, that brings up as we talk about those types of players. Um, and we talked in the post game show about the bipolar nature of Panther weeks, like how we go from hating someone to loving someone, How one game makes, you know, Bryce a bust. And then this other game proves that he is elite and by these different standards, um, you know how some people, just two weeks ago, we were talking about, should we bring back Chark? Should we bring back Chark? Is Chark a yeah. discussion, this and, and that? And now
2: we're like, fuck him. Don't come in here right. right near our team well, again. To
4: me, a more interesting one is YGM. I I think YGM has has quietly put together a season that could be it, make him a interesting rotational piece on this team to the effect of like guys that we had gone, maybe not necessarily that banking on him to be a starter or something that fact, fe- but we walked into seasons with guys like Mario Addison in the past. And we're really excited about having them and what role they could play. YGM under difficult circumstances has been arguably more memorable than Brian Burns.
2: Uh, yeah. And it's taken him a while. He was drafted in the same year as Derek Brown. He was I told first- you
4: third I've been telling you guys this is DNs can't they're not gonna make a difference until year three. Right? I mean they're not, and this is year four or three for him.
2: Uh I think this is so that year 20, so, yeah. 20, year's Derek Brown, Derek Brown 2020.
4: 2021,
2: 22, 23. This is
4: year this four. Is thir- this is year four for him then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Four. So, but yeah. I mean, are you how uh, is that, is that like a non-star? Would you not want YGM on the team next year?
2: Um, here's the deal. You're right. Uh, listen, we've done the film room, and he has gotten better this year. You see him come alive on more plays than you ever see, than you ever saw him uh, do before. I actually think the move to a 3-4 did kind of benefit him a little bit. And it is better, which is strange because
4: Mike K was adamant that he didn't fit that scheme, that he was a four three defensive end. And I understand why he would say that. Yeah, because being on an end against the big boys is tough.
2: Yeah, and he's a a bigger guy. He's naturally you know above two hundred and sixty pounds. You know he didn't need to bulk up like a Brian Burns did uh, per se. So, but it's also the he's not like a Trey Hendrickson. He's not like one of these other guys that comes on and just you know uh, turns into a monster. He's not like uh, what's his name? The guy from um, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, not up but the other Highsmith. He's not like a uh, Highsmith. So he's a good player. He's one that I would like to have around. We have him for at least another year. Uh, I want to get the most out of him uh, as you possibly can. But at the same time, um, I think this, oh,
4: yeah, this was his 2020. If we drafted him in the 2020 season, you get 2021, 21, 22, 22, 23, 20. So
2: so next year would be his. This is a contract year. Yeah. Second
4: round player. And while I know, look, he's not going to be able to go command a bunch of money somewhere else necessarily. Uh, He might be able to get a little bit more than we're willing to give him at some point. Who knows? I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea to bring him back to this team and have him as a component of that defense going forward. We talk about – like, I mean, sometimes retooling everything at once is just tough for defensive continuity, right? You know that this is a player – I think sometimes, too, we put too much emphasis on these guys having to do it too early. So people and, – and that is part of the NFL game. But just because he hasn't been a star as a te- uh, round, how about this? He's been far more. Uh, look, I'd rather ha- bring him back than Terrence Marshall Jr. I'd rather bring oh, him yeah. back rather than. I'm right. trying to think of other second round picks.
2: Terrence Marshall Jr. won't be on a football team next year. Like seriously, a- who the fuck? Why is do you want think- Terrence Marshall Jr. All right, if After we say a that- healthy scratch for the past three or four weeks in a row you're a healthy scratch is there any
4: possibility though if we're going to give everybody else an out about how disparaging a situation could he also just be in a bad place is he going to be one of those players that's a little is more productive if he was like with Sean Payton or if he's with Andy? I don't Reed, know. We
2: asked, sorry, <laughs> we asked this about every player.
4: I know that's the problem. Doesn't up it? to their
2: expectation. We're going to do the same thing with Jeremy Chan soon. We're going to do the same thing with J.C. Horn. Well, we're going to get to Burns. see with Jeremy
4: Chan. We're going to get to see with Terrace Marshall Jr.
2: Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. I think Terrace Marshall just sucks. <laughs> like, I think that, you know what it is? That's I don't so deny, funny. I don't deny, be a... I know, and that's why I'm saying this. I do not deny his physical talent. I don't think he's got that dog in him. I really don't. I think he's a weakling who wants everything gifted to him, and he doesn't work hard enough when someone makes him try to rise to the occasion to earn something. Mm. Granted, I don't know the dude, but I know he's physically talented. I know he was really good at LSU. Uh but he has just he looks like he's working
4: nothing. hard in the off season. He looks like I mean he does like he doesn't look like he's doing anything other than these other guys aren't. He's not coming in out of shape. He's not this is you know, sometimes you just wonder is he you know, we make judgments about people's intelligence that we don't know sometimes. So like you're in a room with somebody and you're just like, This person's dumb. It's not nice, <laughs> but you do it. Maybe that I don't know. I don't know, it's crazy. Uh Behind the scenes, like we got to start making a list of all these behind the scenes. Maybe Cameron Artist Payne is far enough in the rear view where we can get him on to talk about why the hell he didn't get no playing time. Did he, in my theory, smash Ron Rivera's daughter? It's still my theory.
2: Cameron Artist Payne. Can we jump around? uh, Sure, sure. Let's talk about uh, some stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, So you mentioned uh, Cameron Artist Payne. You know who Cameron Artist Payne? isn't. Oh, that's right, baby. He's not Chuba who has a thousand scrimmage yards this season. And what a diminished stat this is. I just wanted to gloat and say, "Uh, hey, Cameron Artis Payne, he had never done no shit like that. I have been defending Chuba Hubbard for as long as I can. Everyone wanted to shit on him, say he's the boss. No, the dude can be a good running back. And by the way, the fact that he's even been able to look at least halfway decent on this terrible football team. I think that's a testament to Truba, his uh, willingness to continue to grind and fight and get better. How about this? Truba Hubbard is the anti Terrence Marshall Jr. Truba Hubbard worked for every bit of success that he's achieving right now, and I believe Terrence Marshall Jr. wanted things given to him. Were they and, the same uh, draft class? I think so. Uh we drafted
4: all defense the year of twenty twenty when we got YG and then we mixed things up.
2: Yeah. but Uh, but to be
4: uh, fair, too, Chuba took time. Yeah. Is and look, is come on. Everyone uh, passing the ball to us. Let's be real, guys. Let's be real. All right, let's talk about this Chuba Hubbard thing. 1,000 yards rushing is not what it used to be in the NFL. Maybe it is because you don't get the ball as much, but there's 17 games now. It's kind of like when you looked at OJ Simpson's 2,000 yard season and you realize he did it in 12 games, and you're like,
1: "What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh,
4: You know, there's (laughs) less fucking games to do." So I think I don't look the benchmark for bonuses. I used Mm -hmm. to always think of like you should get a bonus for a player in fantasy if they did this. For it was like for rushers, it was 1,000 yards for receiver. It was 1,000 yards for quarterback. It was 3,000 yards passing. Like I feel like all those numbers have inflated a good bit since then, but I don't want to take anything away from Chuba because he has worked hard behind Look, he's been impressive this season, but when you look at Chuba Hubbard, do you think he is uh, enough going forward to be your starting back? And sure, certainly, you're going to want a player that can rotate with him. But do you want right. him? Do you feel good enough about him as number one back?
0: No.
2: Well, I'm why a far so, believer. CK, before yeah, we get
4: ahead. to the why so,
0: um, I just you aren't seeing him make those plays that are dynamic. Five, yeah, you don't see him just, as a I dynamic playmaker. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, he doing well. He, he's fighting he's, hard. He's he's great. I, I think he's going to be a great number two. I think he's going to be basically what Pollard was for Zeke. Um, if he if we can find that guy who's actually able to carry the load, I think I think he's going to have a great position uh, behind a guy who is considered the number one back, or maybe even a guy with similar traits that can uh, take uh, allow him to take the times off, like when Miles Sanders goes goes and it doesn't really take anything off of his plate. And I think that's the uh, um, the, the major difference. You would think that it would be a one-two situation, but Miles Sanders has been uh, incredibly disappointing. Um, I'm not saying he can't be, but right now I just don't, I don't see number one Uh, on, on that, uh, on the dynamic aspect of what he
2: does. I mean, think of it this way though. Most teams, even teams that have a good running back, they have that one-two punch. It's yeah. commonplace now to have two banks that you can be able to sub in and that are going to get the job done for you. Um, I also agree with Kristen. I do not think that we've used Blackshear near enough, and I think that he's also been someone who's had some flash moments. Again, Tony, you asked me if he has that number one running back type of feel. I don't know that, one, I don't know that he needs to be, and two, I even look at what he was able to do last year against the Lions over 100 yards rushing. Like, what if you gave this guy a better offensive line? What might he be capable of doing? And I think that's something that we don't even know yet. And I sure. know you don't like the ifs. The, the, the No, if no, no. That's bugs. what I'm
4: asking about this is right. I think he could. You know what? I think it would be okay to go into next year with him as the starter and having another guy that you thought was also a capable, competent back kind of like what you were hoping Miles Sanders and him could be, but Mm. right now it just doesn't look. Miles Sanders is anything, can be anything right now.
2: No. Um, I just, I
4: I, I was trying to lead us into where CK went, and that is, I think he's a good point. Like, look, we all like Nick Goings back in the day. And, but is this guy, I mean, and I know it's, it's probably absurd to say, is he a Christian McCaffrey, is he? I just don't think he's a star yeah that's why i think he's a good player i think he is kind of yeah that's it that's it i dude, mean look dude, not, i don't dude. think you have the capital or the i think right now you should be happy you've got chuba hubbard right.
1: to be 100%. honest because
4: you don't have the luxury of going out and spending money on a running back right now you don't have right. the luxury of drafting a running back and whoever your draft is in less unless and look at what the falcons are going through is they're the ones that drafted a back in the top 10 and when you draft a back in the top 10 i think you, there's two things you're either looking for is one you're already a contender team and a elite back could bring you to a new stratosphere or two that that back is so elite that they're just going to be able to play from day one. But if you draft a running back in rounds three, four, two, three, four, I think always with every coach you're going to come in, you're going to have high hopes from them. Like, oh, well, we don't trust him in pass protection. You know, so wherever we will draft a running back, he won't be good, good enough and polished enough player at that moment. To be able to do what we need him to do. So I think we are thankful. We should be thankful we got Chuba right now.
2: Absolutely, we should be thankful. And one of the reasons I even bring it up is because not only did he achieve it, but let's be real, man. A lot of us Panther fans, I'm not going to say us because I've been a believer in Chuba, but a lot of y'all Panther fans did not believe that Chuba could even turn it on to do what he's doing right now. Everybody thought he he was good. Yeah, man, uh, uh, and number two, hey, uh, would you now admit that he's better than Cameron Artist Payne?
4: Can we take another call, please? No, what do we got I, next? I
2: knew you wouldn't. Uh, but no let's just uh, continue. How on about this?
4: this? Is I still like Cameron Artis Payne more?
2: Um, I, I'm That's so an opinion surprised opinion. that you said that. Um, and then I'm not at all uh, another uh, future that I'm wondering about with the Carolina Panthers is that of Adam Thielen, uh, who has a hundred catches and a thousand receiving yards It's one of the better seasons that he's had in a couple of years now. Um, I know he had put out that interview where he said, ah, things change. We, had, you know, we, you know, we really believe he was in the Frank of stuff right. Right. But I mean, listen, he's in the, I mean, he's my age, 33 years old. Um, he probably wants to go to a contender in the final years of his.
4: Well, well he, he did. His, in fact, that was the big story and the big plus we thought of. You know, bringing in Frank. That Frank, he met with Frank, and he was really impressed by the staff they put together, the vision they were putting together. He didn't. He he admittedly said he didn't want to even think about Carolina initially.
2: Yeah, I I remember that.
4: Um, how about this? Is does any other team in the NFL see these stats noteworthy enough to where we could get any trade value for him?
2: Mm, not a lot. Are Again, these stats are these kind a, of like
4: meaningless? Not meaningless because
2: he well, has... I tell you what it is. It speaks <sighs> to how it, it speaks to how he was the number one wide receiver in the Panthers' offense this year. People feel like whenever you say this, that it's like an insult on Adam Thielen. It's not intended to be, but he right. was the best, most dependable weapon at wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. So especially earlier in the year, he got a bulk of the targets. They were throwing the ball to Adam. Well, Thielen. DJ was-,
4: was getting a hundred catches every year because it was just 80% of the play. Right. If you looked right. at how many passes go to people not, not named Adam Thielen, this number shouldn't be this surprising, to be yeah, honest. Yeah,
2: right. That's that. That's my point. Um, it doesn't take away from anything that Adam did. Dude, thank God we have that dude, you know, or else we would have uh, even less. Hey, imagine if he wasn't healthy.
4: How all about right. the 33-year-old guy stay healthy all season? He's yeah. been most important to the offense. He's been the most the reliable. Most of
2: separation.
4: Right, is that uh, this is not supposed to be what happens with the 33 year old. What God. is and he's actually really known for being very uh, disciplined about his diet, his routines, like so. That's what he prides himself on. I mean, I think he has his own protein bar or something, like but we can we bring this up tan, tangentially? Fun word for you tangentially, JC Horn. Did he go out in the game? Did he not play? Or what is he, this I'm hearing about injuries now again? He
0: didn't I don't he didn't start. I don't know if he actually had any snaps at all. He was active, but he didn't play. If he did play, he didn't play very much.
2: Yeah, I think they're of them. Like, why would you be dude, this year is a bum year for him. Like this I mean, year I was, don't
0: know why they brought him back,
4: honestly. Yeah,
2: I and don't I think know
4: I, mean, I mean, unless he was yelling to come back to try to prove that he's not that injured. He's something right.
2: Yeah, we went through another season of JC Horn being fucking hurt, man. And I think something that we've all been noticing do why are Panther players hurt all the time. Do we have the worst strength and conditioning staff in the fucking world? Do we have the worst medical crew of all 32 NFL teams? Is our turf that bad Or uh, or is their training regimen that terrible that they're not taking care of their bodies enough to be healthy enough to play? Dude, I sure don't know. A lot of the players that we've depended on have been notoriously injury prone for the past few years. Christian McCaffrey, injured all the time. Goes to San Fran, the toughest motherfucking running back you've ever seen in your life, is never hurt. What is it about the Panthers that continues to have us being hurt year after year after year after year. I don't understand this.
4: Do you think, CK, we really are more hurt than other teams, or does it feel that way because we're paying their fans?
0: Um, I think there's a a, a mixture of that. Um, I do think we seem to have more injuries on a regular basis than, uh, than the average team. Uh, now, that could be a, a culmination of a couple of things. It could be that players aren't willing to play through injuries for a non-contending team. Um, That could be that the team isn't willing to play these people through uh, potentially worse and worse circumstances because of uh, us not being a contending team. I think there's there's multiple things that can be true. Um, I think we have more injuries, but I also think that we might have more willingness not to play.
4: I think this might be somebody. We might have a critic coming up in the chat. Uh, cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Left we'll to call at nine thirty. I hope this person's still hanging around. Maybe, maybe I'm just misreading the transcript.
3: Gentlemen. Oh no. Tell me, did
1: you guys have any <laughs>
3: uh, plans to improve your talent evaluation and what I mean, to you? Think about subscribing to Pro Football Focus or reading Pro Football Talk or getting a better assessment of rosters and talent skill levels. Because you know what, guys? I want to see you guys hit ten thousand subscribers and take your game up to the next level and you become superstars.
2: Appreciate but, you, man.
3: Yeah, you know, if you're if any schmuck can have a show and say, wow, 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 we're the greatest team ever. We're going all the way. But it takes something really good, really special to give us the game inside of the game, give us insight we can't get from other podcasts. So, Tell me, guys, what do you plan to do is to make the Carolina Panthers podcast even better, your talent evaluation even greater, and give us more insight, more info. Thank Mm. you, gentlemen, for all you do. Bye-bye.
2: What is I, I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, listen, I know I speak for myself when I say I, you know, ever since I fell in love with football again in 2011, I've I've done, uh, you know, I, I would like to say that I've, I've tried to learn the X and O's to the best of my abilities that I can, especially now that I'm on a pod so that I know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to break down these film rooms. Dude, I have pictures of uh, concepts of different play designs saved to my computers, different routes. Uh, you know, I've, I'm trying to up my own game personally for the pod. Um, you know, I, Tony, you've always said that we're expert Panther. Fan- we're not we're not uh, we're not football
4: experts. Yeah, we're we're not expert football fans. football
2: fans. And that's what we are. We're, we're fans who want to continue to know this team, to know the game that they play. And yeah, I'm always looking to to learn more. Um, I, just recently, um, I subscribed to the quarterback school. Uh, oh nice so you get yeah the yeah man he he breaks it down he'll show concepts and stuff sometimes it's kind of aggravating but i like the knowledge that he disperses so yeah i check that stuff out and um yeah man, i try to apply or to apply that to to this and when we do the film room and especially now that the draft is coming up we're going to be looking at college players and what they do well and what does and doesn't translate uh into an nfl football player so yeah, I mean absolutely, man. I'm I'm trying to continue to to learn and get better and and know the X's and those.
4: I really don't care about learning anything more about this Panthers team.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh no, is like if we really for me is I'm never gonna divert from my stance of being an expert football fan, not a football expert. <clears throat> right, is because I also hate when people do this shit where, like, they're like, well, you never played ball. You don't know ball. It's like, that's like saying you can't talk about space because you've never been to fucking space. We can have realistic conversations. I can speak about French history and not be French. Now, does uh, experiential knowledge lend towards a lot? Yes. Experiential knowledge has got a different weight to it than, uh, but there's a lot of fucking pro football players that have awful takes about football you know i mean there are there's a lot of different things so i mean what i need to do if we really want to continue uh to grow this podcast to hit that momentum point it's not going to be me learning more about football maybe i mean maybe that would help because i never wanted to be the person that tells you what to think You know, it's like, hey, this is the right way. Arthur's did this. I fucking don't know about Bryce Young. I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to give you things that I think and opinions. Again, we're in the car riding to the game together. That's the way I think about this show. But if I really wanted, like, and the hardest part about this is just allocating more and more time to the podcast. Yeah. You know, and that is, like, cutting shorts. Like, really, like, what we need to be doing is making, like, 10 shorts a week. And it's not going to make you any money. It's going to take you hours and hours to do. But the payoff's going to come in like two, three years, all of this stuff. But like, that's the hardest part is we do three hours to the show. Um, I mean, we do, you know, you have to watch Panther shit all week long. Keep up with shit. You know, we got to build the show beforehand and things like that. I got to go and spend an hour afterward downloading the show. So it takes a ton of time just to do the three hour show. And then you add these other shows and then it's just all the production time. I've been watching this I just started watching this guy uh CK uh, C- you might know him. Is it Coffee Z- Have you heard of Coffeezilla? Oh
2: yeah, yeah, he does all those crypto breakdowns of the scams and shit. Yeah. And he has
4: so I was thinking about like this video that he put up that I watched it's about this scam for this um the Misfits podcast, the guys that do that, run a um, a gear, merchandise thing. And so he's turned out this. God, what was the name of the merchandise company? Anyway, it's like it's kind of like they're abusing the company and they're not making the money. And then they're guaranteeing all this. These creators aren't getting paid what they want. Right, they right, right. These big creators and they try to just keep paying one to get the other one on and stuff. His video was like 37 minutes, right? I mean, it was long, but it was made like a movie. And he was sitting at a bar talking to this robot. And one, I thought, man, how many hours does it take for him to actually research? Like he is a investigative reporter. Right. Breaking this down. And I know he's not doing it, but like for me to actually or for us to do this, we would have
0: to spend the time cutting the we video. We would do it ourselves because you can't pay somebody. You don't have right. an entire staff helping you out. Or, yeah, and you're uh, not really going to go guys in there. as a
4: company and risk it, right? Because they probably right. risked a lot of money. I'm just thinking that video must have taken like 900 man hours to make. I went to, I took my girls. My wife was out of town. She had to take my son to the airport and she <laughs> stayed there with her friends. And we went and saw um, the Migration, the new kids, like the new animated yep. movie. We saw it in 3D. I wish I wouldn't have seen it in 3D. It wasn't like overwhelming. Like it wasn't bad 3D. It just wasn't coming at you alive. Felt very. Anyway, um, they had these like co- these cool little mini cartoons. They're like ten minutes before the movie. They're in 3D right. too and stuff. It's like a seven minute production, and then they show the credits. And I'm like, I told my daughter, I was like, look at how many people it took to make this seven-minute 3D movie. I mean, it was such a production, dude. And you think of that. And so I guess for me, is finding my answer to your question is not necessarily becoming more knowledgeable. And certainly not by, we subscribe to Pro Football Focus, but it's not worth it.
2: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not a super big fan of uh pff hey shout out to the bat day greg in the chat room we love your buddy hang in there brother we love you man and uh anytime you want back on the show for any reason at all brother come back home bro
4: always welcome but uh for me is to find something that i believe in weekly or something that i can just stay consistent with to add to the production of the show there's so many ideas we got so many of this and that and it just comes around we just it's like god do i have the time to spend 12 hours making this if i spent you know those little uh news beats i was doing it'd be like seven minutes long by the end it would take you two and a half hours to to cut it all up to export it yep so i don't know just allocate more time i guess don't (laughs) tell my wife that. that
2: Um, and let's uh. We only have like a, a, a couple slides. You might as well just power through like a couple of them, and then just yeah. finish out however many calls. Uh, Derek Brown, who I think we can all unanimously agree is the best player on this team. Uh, Derek Brown needs three more tackles to break the record for the most by a defensive lineman in a single season in NFL history. Shout out to Derrick Brown, man. Being How is that even high. possible? Yeah, I know. And then uh, I know Christian Wilkins did like a year or two ago. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah. Defensive tackle for the Uh. Dolphins went to Clemson. Uh, Yeah, I know he did something similar. But do shout out to Derrick Brown, man. Just being aggressive, being mean, strong. Like uh, he's the defender that you want to pay, not Brian Burns. And I'm a firm, firm believer of that now, man.
4: Agreed. All right, let's take another call. The number's 252-228-5098.
6: Hey, guys. uh, Everybody keeps talking about Bobby Slowick or Ben Johnson. I think more realistically, we're kind of where the Raiders were at before. Remember when the Raiders were hiring position coaches? Remember, they got Lane Kiffin as a position coach from USC. They couldn't even get the OC from USC. I think we're headed there. I think we get Ben Johnson's Assistant with his quarterback coach or Bobby Sloak's quarterback coach. I don't think we actually get those guys. I just don't think we can get them this time. I was just wondering y'all thoughts on that about how people are going to handle that one. Because I think we're at, I don't think we can get coordinators. I think we're looking at some um, position coaches, folks. And that's just what it is. And maybe we luck out.
4: Well, yeah, that's the fear right now as you're dipping and. And Josh Doris put it in a nice way, is where you're trying to get a name before it becomes a household name. But really you're dipping into second tier talent. And maybe that's an offense to them because you don't know what the unknown unknown talent base is, right? That's what I like uh not like, but I'd be interested to see if Todd Monken's name makes any hay this coming off season. Yeah, I
2: know. Uh now you've got Pickle saying uh todd todd monken all the time yeah Uh, i don't i don't i don't necessarily agree that we're gonna be uh stuck with positional coaches dude we've got the owner that's gonna break out the bank for all the shit that uh that we say about him i'll be damned if the guy doesn't have the one thing that could lend the people that you want here like he's got that and if anything, as much as it makes him a rich asshole that's completely out of touch with reality, it also means that he's going to be able to break open the pocketbook for a lot of the big-name coaches that you want. He's not going to have a problem paying a Jim Harbaugh or a Ben Johnson, literally whatever the fuck they could be asking for. So, you know, to that degree, him being uh, as rich as he is is a good thing. Um And, again, even if it's not your preferred coach, I'm telling you, there are a lot of good options at head coach uh, this coaching cycle. So don't get tethered to just one name. I recommend having a bunch of names that you get familiar with, get to know, that could be in play for the Panthers. All right, let's take another call.
10: Hello, guys. Scott from Winston-Salem.
2: Hey, I just wanted
10: to see if you guys have heard this. Today at work, I heard that Marvin Harrison Jr. may not come out of college. Yeah. I heard that Uh he – I was not remember which uh, NFL site that uh, this guy heard it from, but I heard him over uh, some other guys talking saying that Marvin Harrison Jr. is guaranteed a $50 million NIL deal if he stays one more year. And Arch Manning, who is not even starting, is making $20 million a year as a backup this is a great call. on an NIL deal. And then I believe my neighbor, who is like 55, could at least go for 100 yards in a game and could probably score a touchdown. But other than that, I just want to see if you guys have heard any of those rumors about these two uh, really not marked Arch Manning, but. Marvin Harrison staying one more year, so we can get that fifty mil guarantee. Anyways, love the show, and I'm calling in the middle of it, but uh, you may play my call may not. Anyway, you guys have a good key keep pounding. Thanks for we the
4: appreciate. Um, great, good question is, and that is how it will the nil change at the NFL?
2: Mm. It already has, and if that's true, then yeah, it definitely uh, takes the burden good- off of players. Yeah, it takes the burden off of players where they used to be in a situation where, all right, dude, uh, football is a rough sport. We're all getting hurt playing it. If you want to highlight, if you want to uh, capitalize off of your physical ability while you have a chance, it's time you declare for the draft because that's the only way that you get paid. Now, when you're at th- when you're at these blue blood colleges, you know, like uh, Ohio State, Texas, Alabama. Michigan, Clemson, Georgia. LSU, Georgia, USC, all these other big time, play- Southern California, not that other shit school in South Carolina, but all these other schools, dude, they have means to pay these players now. And that's why a lot of college coaches hate it as well, because they feel like now when they are bringing a player in, a five star, a part of it is how much money you're going to be able to offer them in NIL. And it Not has a part to, of it.
4: It is the part. It partner. is
2: dude, it's a. it's one of the biggest components of it. So uh with all that said, I still don't necessarily believe that Marvin Harrison Jr. stays another <laughs> year. Because I mean that dude, money right like, there is more first, if even if that money was half, say
4: it was twenty five million guaranteed, that's more than he would make being the number one overall draft pick. Right. Um, why not milk that golden goose for as long as you can before you go to the next one? And then, to me, what I'm interested in is really how does this change now? How we reevaluate when you draft players? Part of the problem with these quarterbacks that we draft them too young, and then they have to. We're base we're because you need to. They need to come out to make the money. The question now is, does college football can it be more developmental? And that is, do you see a player? coming out at 25 as old now is maybe if he's making money, being involved in that, could you basically groom him to be a more polished player over time before he gets to the pros? And we've heard about this too with other position groups, with offensive linemen, how they're less developed coming out of college these days because they're coming out younger, less reps, things like this. So, and then are there rules about – NFL teams and owners paying college players. Like, what if you paid a what if you knew you were going to stink this year uh, or next year? And you're like, you know what? Let's pay this quarterback to go back to college another year. Through these means,
2: it's, it's possible. I mean, if they're legit making more money than yeah, but I think with like a lot, you know, right. with the with the with the endorsements and the 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 guaranteed money that now is starting to become more and more. I don't know, man. And you can get injured, you can get hurt in, in a bad way, and it tanks your draft stock. I don't know, man. I just think that if you're Marvin Harrison Jr., and There's- you know you're going to be a top five pick in the draft, man, what are you waiting for, man? Just come out. And I I still think that he's going to, but I do. I Listen, the caller is not wrong. I have read many of those rumors about uh, Harrison Jr. staying at Ohio State.
0: The wild stuff is the amount of money they talk about him making as a college student might be more than his his father's entire NFL career.
4: Dude, these cats are making real loot, dude, in college now. Now, not all of them, right? So you right, can't right. we can't just be like, oh, all college athletes are getting paid because like the ones at ECU, the school I go to, are probably getting like gift cards to BW3s or something like that. Right. But Um, these mega the power the top schools with the top five class star, and if you're the luxury of being Dion's kid Dion's kid gets the tangential twice I've used it in the show now uh, boost of his father and so they're doing endorsements on a national scale that he probably wouldn't be doing if he was just a good player even Mm -hmm. but that guy in USC made so much money this year dude these guys are making life changing money, Cody. Where I don't think they have to go early anymore. They'd be and like dude, it's, remember it's when Andrew Luck went back and we were like, "Fuck you," because you didn't choose because you th- we took, I took. Now it, a it seems thing.
2: noble. It, it, it seems like uh, altruistic. Now, thinks yeah, that now you're going not, through another year putting your body through that. Now, now they're like, 80? "Nah,
4: business decision, bro. I made the right business decision. I might be a no- yeah." Anyway, um, all right, let's take another call.
10: Hey, guys, this is Michael Weidrich calling. Uh, Michael! I just have one thing to say. David Tepper needs to own up to his mistakes, one. And two, he needs to put on his big boy pants and walk away from that scene because that was ridiculous for what he did that game and yeah honestly if if you would have never caused that scene yeah uh, uh, he would have he would have never gotten that whole situation out of line so what my dad taught me was don't cause a scene just walk away period yeah. keep pounding
2: right keep pounding yeah, and man. by the way uh congrats to michael uh Earlier in the in the show in the chat room, he said that his uh, grandma going through chemo only has one more round of chemo left. Beautiful, she is done. So, right, shout boys. out to you and your family, Michael. All
4: right, uh right, let's go to Sea Dog nineteen ninety
2: three, and then I know. Nineteen eighty three,
5: real quick. It's me, Sea Dog nineteen eighty three. Sea Dog. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to everybody. You know, what I'm Happy New Year, dude. But uh. <laughs> but I'm calling, calling them man, cause I went to the game Sunday, and uh, oh, nice. I told everybody that Jawar would have, you know, at least four or five sacks. Everybody laughed at me, telling my Bryce this, Bryce that, like the like Bryce Young, this fucking Jesus Christ or something. He hasn't done anything all fucking season. He hasn't completed a deep ball all season. But you know what? It is what it is. Then somebody gonna call in, tell my guy and about, got, got to get this motherfucker three years. Why the fuck? Will I wait three years for this little bitty bitch, midget, leprechaun motherfucker to get good? He, he he's not it. I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm tired of all the fucking excuses. I'm not gonna call you dumb. I'm not gonna call you delusional. You know what I'm saying? I'm just gonna respect your opinion. But he's fucking trash. You know what I'm saying? If you ask me, he's trash. But real quick, man, I met Marquise Haynes' sister at the Jaguars game. Uh, Sunday, oh, super cool.
1: Uh, oh, that's a bad cool. game for it her to show so up funny, to. Man,
5: because, uh, right, yeah. as I was meeting Marquis Haynes' sister and everything, a little kid walked up to me and said, Bryce Young was trash.
10: Uh-oh. Even little
5: kids know he's fucking trash, but as grown men think you can fix this motherfucker. He's not a fucking builder bear. You know what I'm saying? He is what the fuck he is. He ain't got them getting taller. He ain't getting fucking stronger and fucking faster. You silly motherfuckers. So when you come to the NFL, you gotta be projected what you're gonna be in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is, man. Whenever you come in here, make sure you hit the motherfucking like button. Make sure you got them subscribed to the motherfucking goddamn content. These boys go live every goddamn Tuesday. And they go live every goddamn uh they got free for all on Friday. And they got done go live after the game. They got done game recap. It's been a whirlwind of the season. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I hope everybody had a goddamn Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. You know what I'm saying? I always come in here and support these guys. You know, but for all you delusional to fans, but the Bryce, Young he's trash. You know what? Then when the little kid came up to me and said he was trash, I couldn't do nothing but laugh, man. And real quick, man, I got to give a shout out to Fred Taylor. I met Fred Taylor. Got Fred Taylor Autograph. Oh, I love that player. You know what I'm saying? I am going to drop me a recap of this game sometime tomorrow and everything. Because I'm not a content creator. I'm a casual creator. But anyways, hit the like button. Subscribe to so the great content whenever you come in here. See, dog, 1983 out. D-Baby, stop fucking hiding, nigga. <laughs> uh,
2: dude, I love it. I love I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, no. We don't know that Bryce is going to be the biggest argument. He's going to be the biggest uh, lightning rod character that the the Panthers have ever had. And that's crazy that's to insane. us considering that we've had Cam Newton. Uh, I know, and that we've had Steve Smith. But at the end of the day, man, Bryce Young did nothing to make the doubters believe that Bryce is him. And, and to everyone that's like, I say everyone, but I'm only talking about the few cunts on Twitter and that and <laughs> continuously fucking badger me and fucking uh, uh, you know, make every excuse in the fucking world for Bryce. Look, no one's saying that Bryce is a bust, but you're not going to tell me that he didn't vastly underperform uh, compared to expectation this year either. So until then, Sid Dog is allowed to talk his shit about Bryce and you miss it. Tony, you said that a little kid came up to him at the Jaguars game. And told him that Bryce Young sucks. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, hey man, uh, until Bryce is able to, uh, you know, do away with those opinions of him, you can't get mad when people come in here and say, hey man, I I don't like the little dude. He's not, that's not the quarterback that we wanted for the Carolina Panthers. We wanted someone that could do more until Bryce lives up to that. Can't be mad at it.
4: I think, the two things that I want to come, I come away from what you're saying that are interested in me is, one is that he's going to be the most contentious player in Panthers history. That's so wild. It's the wild. It's so wild too to think that, and because of somebody who has a lot of the traits that people didn't like about Cam. Like, uh, so much is about Cam was that I get from that I would get from people. It's like, can't read defenses, can't play. It's, like, I feel like Bryce had all of the things to not be contentious, right? As the cerebral, the good kid, the great yeah. character. Like, there's nothing. So, just the very fact that this pick, is, that this player, and I think that more comes to like how wild the coverage of things are now. think some of that has to do with it. And the other is, I really don't care is who's winning the debate between the two. What we have seen is that this season didn't narrow the middle ground between the two parties. And one of the things that I saw happen with Cam Newton is that the two camps started to recognize who they were so much that they moved farther down the beach from each other. And it was like when things that happen that should bring you closer together and consensus ideas, yeah. it just seemed to push them farther apart. So I would say this is that the two in a like uh, armies standing opposing, like if we think of no man's land in between these two groups, it got farther apart this year than it got closer yeah. together.
2: Absolutely, man. And look, even at, and during the Packers game, I put on Twitter, Damn, Bryce had his best game by far. This is the type of progression that you want to see. Dude, I got all the quote tweets in the world. No, no, no. I know you're not talking. But, 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 I you know. said all This, shit about, but, 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 but. this is what so social if you media don't, if you don't is. Have like un, if you don't have an undying faith in something yet unseen, like Bryce being a good quarterback, then you're a zealot. You're not a Panthers fan. And you should mm. go be a fan of some other team, dude. It's the it's social the media has made us more tribal.
0: Yeah, it's made us 100. more tribal, and With our ideas. The alternative viewpoint that I hold is: I would argue that the people that have been on the undying Bryce is a bust aspect of things have pushed people further into their camp as well. We've had this conversation at nauseum. Um, the the Bryce defenders. Got a lot of uh, hope last week or week before last against Green Bay, maybe even the week before that. This week, the Bryce detractors that are almost hoping for his his downfall got as much information as they possibly could out of that. I would argue that this game wasn't as bad as people are saying that it was for Bryce. His interception came at the end of the game when the things were out of hand. There was he was just trying to make something happen I when agree. nothing was there. His his uh, his completion percentage was still. Uh, on par for what he had done in the previous weeks. Um, It's just that he wasn't able to, because of a lot of different factors, the fact that our run game couldn't do absolutely shit, our wide receivers couldn't do absolutely shit, but our offensive line couldn't keep him up right either. I think it led to a lot of those issues that we saw yesterday or on Sunday. Um, Again, Bryce didn't elevate anybody, uh, and that's the argument. I'll still maintain my position that I had a few uh, weeks ago. I don't think he was worth, the value in which we traded up to get him. Um, but we shouldn't have taken him. Uh, we shouldn't have traded up at all, to be quite honest with you. But uh, as of now, I still look at that game and I say, there's still so much unseen and there's still so much that we can't, we still, that question mark, we said that, that, that box, that Pandora's box, that is Bryce Young's future. Um, had a lot more question marks after that uh, green Bay game. Whereas a lot of people had already had that Pandora's box box open. Um, I think it maybe closed a little bit, um, uh, you know, after that. So, whoever,
4: um, whoever, I guess, whatever happens on the field benefits their argument. So, gets. Uh, what I would say is this: is what happens on the field does more to inflate your confidence in your opinion than it does to diminish the opposing side's confidence in their opinion so when something good happens on the field the Bryce the people that believed that this positive notion about Bryce and really zealotly hated the negative notion of Bryce they just become more entrenched in their opinion right more so than the other side becomes less entrenched in their opinion and so it's really just this tribal argument going on. It's wild. I don't even really care. Like for me is like, uh, not care. I've just been rooting for Bryce in so many ways. I just, but my thing is I always get suspicious of anybody when they, and maybe I was like this with cam. So I got to maybe be empathetic with them. It's just so emphatically entrenched in what they think is Right. Like I just don't know. I want Bryce to be good, but now I mean I have questions, I have concerns. Like I mean, um, but that doesn't mean me. I'm not a fan of him, Not rooting for him. Um, but these there are people that just truly. I mean, hey, look, they're they're in their trenches. They're on their they will down their hill. Uh, two more calls. We'll get out of here.
12: Yeah, I agree with Cody. At some point, you just got to, like, give up on these players, bro.
10: Just start cutting motherfuckers like Belichick. Fuck that. Cut them. Cut them and then keep it moving. And, like, <clears throat> I'm I'm from Miami, and I've seen Devontae Parker. i seen Devonte Parker hold the team. He ain't hold the team hostage, but I'm saying i seen him for, like, three years straight. Hamstring, 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 hamstring. Okay, one one seven hundred yard season, one maybe maybe close to a thousand yard season. Like, come on, bro. But some at some point, we just gotta cut these motherfuckers and go on. We we can't keep holding our team to these dudes that right? they're not playing, bro. Like they're just collecting checks, man. Come on, man, stop that, bro. Fuck that. Stop paying these motherfuckers. They talking bro. about
4: horn.
2: Yeah, they talking about them. horn. Yeah, basically saying that they don't have to show up. Like, they're already under contract. Like, why why would he come back? He's paid. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's trying to prove something, but it's like, yeah, mm. especially at the end of the year, you might as well wait until next year and just get a brand-new start like you were saying you were going to do this year.
4: Hell, yeah, you should. And that Panthers should be okay with it for right now what, until he's not under contract.
2: What's more likely, Brian Burns becomes a star pass rusher or J.C. Horn plays a full season? JC
4: Horn.
0: I think it's odds are in, in the favor of JC Horn playing a full season, really.
4: Damn, all right. I want to see. Kind of Let's, see. Let's Burns. see if Barnes. Uh, well, I'll be interested to see if Barnes hits 15 sacks in his career. He didn't have, he didn't have 50. Did he have 15 last year? No, he had 12. Well, um, Let me say that. Let me see. Is I'd be interested to see in his entire career if he'll have 15 sacks. Because for a specialist speed rusher, that's what you need to have to be a great season. If you're a diver like if you're a 12 sacks lets you be a good pass rushing met like a pass, like a versatile DN. You know, but if you're kind of a liability on the run game, you need to be putting up the big numbers like Hassan Reddick.
2: Yeah. Dude, yeah, I'm still mad that we let Hassan Reddick out the door. It's another Von no, but Like Miller, bro. Philly fans
4: will say. They're gonna say he's weak against the, things like this, and it's true. But like Yeah,
2: but Philly fans bitch about everything, dude. Uh I, you know how much I wish we had a Hassan Reddick on this team? Like we had God, remember like we how had. bad that was? He was remember good. How... I liked dude, him and... more. I know.
4: I've never been and I'm I'm trying to not he got be snubbed I'm not...
2: for the Pro Bowl too, but uh uh with Brian Burns getting to go to the Pro Bowl over him. That was some bullshit. I agree.
4: I agree. All right, last call of the night.
2: Hey,
6: guys. This is Chuck from Elizabeth City. What up, Chuck? Um, you know, Did everybody's you making a big deal about David Tepper. <laughs> Rightfully so. I mean, he's, he's really made some boneheaded moves. There's no doubt about it. I'm not going to defend him, but him throwing that drink, him getting upset, uh, at least I do see that the man is pissed off. It's not like he's like, oh, well, I don't care. Now, I'm not trying to defend him, but showing him throw that drink and just being pissed, you can see he's in a situation he didn't want to be in. He wants to win. He's just made some very hasty decisions and and, and made some bad decisions. But the man, I'm not trying to give him credit, but I think the guy was trying to do, thought he was doing the right thing, and he more or less tried to buy himself a winner And, you know, it takes more than just buying it. You've got to put the right people in place, and it's got to be a good mix. But what I want to focus in on that video where Tepper threw that drink and got pissed, my owner there who's basically upset. I don't want him to be easy about it. I want him to be upset. But look at freaking Scott Fitter, big-headed, weird-shaped body, his hands in his pockets. He knows he's going to get fired. But he just sits there and looks like a dumbass. Nobody is saying anything. They're looking at Tepper, throwing a drink, and looking at him all over the news, and everybody's giving him a hard time at how dumb he is. David Tepper, the general manager, is a freaking idiot. He traded McCaffrey for peanuts, and more or less, the draft picks he got, he squandered. And it's not just McCaffrey.
4: Oh, shit, Chuck. I'm sitting here looking for this call. I've fucked your call up.
6: Sorry. Hey, guys. I'm be upset. But look at freaking Scott Federer's big headed, weird shaped body, his hands in his pockets. He knows he's going to get fired.
2: Check the but check. he
6: just sits there and looks like a dumbass. Nobody is saying anything. They're looking at Pepper, throwing a drink, and looking at him all over the news. And everybody's giving him a hard time at how dumb he is. David Tepper, the general manager, is a freaking idiot. He traded McCaffrey for peanuts, and more or less the draft picks he got, he's he squandered. Yeah, and it's not just McCaffrey. He's just made some boneheaded moves. The guy, the, the day our season ends next week, the next day, Fitter should be fired. Send his ass out of the Carolinas. Because he just sat there on that video. Everybody's looking at Tapper. Look at Fitterer. Just take a look at him in the video. Yeah. He looks like a freaking lost person.
2: Did nothing. What would you do?
4: I think he played it perfect.
2: It was just sit there and do nothing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people said it was a perfect uh, uh, allegory or yeah, I for, think uh, you could for, see uh, Fit just standing there. Uh, standing there doing nothing while David Tepper makes a mess.
4: I think if you, yeah, that's actually, that should have been the title of the show. Yeah, um, yeah Scott, true. That's what we'll do next week's show. Scott Fitter standing there doing nothing.
2: Um, <laughs> Fitter does nothing while Tepper makes a mess.
4: Yeah, the, but if you did real, I think if you closely watch Fitter, his hands are in his pocket. He's standing mm-hmm. there you can see, I see his mouth, his lips move and him like grin. So there clearly was some jawing going, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. like CK said, the context of what they were saying, but fitter did what you're supposed to do, you know? And that is to pockets, defensive, do nothing. laugh, kind of laugh it off. And then you see F- F- Tep. I don't know what he would have what he could have done. I think right. he had, I think he played it. I think that's why I like Scott Fitter in some ways. It's like to me, that's a great, that's the perfect
2: do you think enough people know who Fitter is that it's hard for him to go out? Like let's no, say he no. just wanted to no, I'm saying like let's say what well, he just wanted to go to a bar somewhere. Can can he go somewhere without hearing a Panther fan saying to him, Don't do much of a fucking draft better." <laughs> Why Not, in he Stupid. Not in Charlotte. Like, you probably care. Not in Charlotte. That's he what probably I wonder.
4: Can. I don't know. That's a good question.
2: I was because say it's in hard Charlotte, for me
4: that's... to know because I'm overly tuned into the Panthers.
2: Dude, if I met Fitter, I don't even know what I would do. I'd have. What would you say? I would concoct the master plan, man. Like I would want to talk to him. I would try and get him to talk to me, man. Be like, hey, mm. I'm I'm an aspiring GM. I just wanted to know if I could
4: and GM. A little I don't know, lower dude on the I don't, know, like dude. I don't uh, know I was
2: just wanted to figure out I don't, out I don't think it
4: is I, I think it's too easy to just to dismiss everything he's done but it certainly has not, the draft picks just haven't worked out that's it, I mean, it's like how is done. it this bad yeah. alright Um. Let's. we've got one last call
12: What's going on? What's going on, C3 family? D. D. South of North Carolina.
2: I told hey, you I Shout got
12: out to him. the great Tony Dunn. Thank you. Shout out to CK. Shout out to the homie Cody. Greg, Well, he has disappeared too. I ain't seen him in a while, but shout out to him. Kristen Ledane. Panther Pickle. shut the hell up. That and guy, Muscles Marinara. Uh, just everybody needs a G, baby. I'm only calling in to chime in on the tougher tantrum that ended up happening. I mean, this dude has really been acting out all year. I don't know if there's like the realization that I've been messing up an organization for countless amount of years now and he can't live with himself with it. His old lady looking at him like you really screwed the pooch with this one. Fan base wanting him just to leave. And I don't feel sorry for him. He put this on him. It's not a 2.0. But I was actually glad that it happened because of the simple fact that we could draw attention away from how anemic, the lack of energy we had this past week. We just did, it, it, we didn't bring it in. We can talk about all the different things in the game that happened, but we really lacked energy from the beginning of the game. And As long as we're doing slow starts and everything else like that with this team, it's kind of hard to gauge how we're going to play. I'm looking for a victory this last game. I'm I'm hopeful, and I pray that we get it. But at the end of the day, David Tupper now, I feel, has to sit back and reflect on what he's done these last six, seven years and really – Buckle down and get football people and get football people in here so we can start turning the ship around. I still love my Panthers. I still love the great C3 platform. Can't wait to hear what all y'all's takes is. This is D from Sanford. Keep. Going.
2: D, we appreciate that love, man. You're one of the best cat callers that yeah. we have. And look, man, he's D makes me hopeful. You know, a fan like D goes a long way because after listening to him, you're like, man, things are bad, but, man, it might work out one day, you know, like, you need people like D, man. Um, I mean, obviously, there's so much to be disappointed in this year, brother. Um, You know, you're just hoping that we're able to right the ship, that we're able to start drafting better. I think that's the first step. If we draft better, I think that's going to be uh. We when have to draft to better. You know, that's I why I was, we're here yeah. where we
4: are. We just have to draft better. That's it. Um, let's see. Let me check everything. Um, that is. I mean, you guys got. Do we got anything left to talk about, or that we need? To, oh, no. that's a Real. Yes, we do. We have one quick. God.
2: We're oh, supposed yeah, to talk forgot, about the playoffs real quick. Yeah, I forgot we added. you know, added a uh, slide town. I can bring them up.
4: Just yeah, the question about we won't do the full picture, yeah. We won't do the full, yeah. But uh, CK, this year you told us was kind of a wild year,
0: yeah. It's the uh, it's the most teams <laughs> in like four in 40 years, I think it was. That the most teams that are actually capable of making it into the playoffs, like they uh, have achieved ultimate parity, yeah. At the last game of the year, right? The last game of the year, there's still over 20 teams that are still able to make the play this week matters. What is wild uh, to m- many people, many people are looking at this uh, while the NFC South and they're seeing the Panthers are obviously out. They also, most people are assuming the Atlanta Falcons are out. There is a wild scenario and a very possible scenario where the, the Atlanta Falcons win the NFC South. And it happens like this. If the bucks lose to the Panthers, I know long shot, but let's just say it happens the Bucs lose to the Panthers, and the Saints lose to the Falcons, the Falcons will win the NFC South. That's not even that wild of a chi- of a situation. Like, it, it would be different if it was like, we have to have three other teams, this has to end in a tie over here, this has to have, that happens so many times with a lot of these scenarios. But the Falcons really have a, uh, a way to make it happen. If they can be control their destiny and hope that the Panthers can do something to make Baker Mayfield look uh, less than ideal on Sunday... They actually win the NFC South and go into the playoffs uh with uh, as uh, as the number four seed um it's wild, wild thought, but it's absolutely true and that's something that is crazy to think about.
4: that is insane and uh I got we got no answer for Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans, though by the way <laughs> like I hate to say that is whatever happened to the first like in that last quarter. They're You're gonna still shit on us, rowing all over. All right, uh, so interesting stuff. Parody, uh, I like this. Somebody put in the chat, who's a great comment? Uh, Daniel says, This is the best NFL script written in a while. <laughs> 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 that was a great comment, right there. All right, um, that's the show. Hey, look, as you can find, we always put this up, we always forget to mention it. Look, we got some merchandise C3 Panthers podcast, t shirt, mugs uh the shut the hell up t-shirts and even your g baby make you fucking sick t-shirt um they're on carolinacatchronicles.com you go to the shop tab and you can find that gear the way you can support the show more than anything though is uh subbing up and being one of the wonderful people actually if i if you're hearing my voice right now you're doing exactly what you need to do that's uh, be a part of the community listen uh, subscribe, rate, you, whatever way you can just help someone else find this show as we continue trying to grow in the face of terrible football adversity. Uh, we love it. We love all the people that are here and the great takes they bring to the calls. Call in at 252-228-5098. And uh, we got one last segment at Rock. That's the longest-running segment on the Longest Running Panthers podcast. It's the Ice Up segment. It's our moment. To ice some fools up. Cody, you got us rocking ready to roll? Uh
2: nope. I do. Got off, uh or... I mean not I got the bumper. Yeah. I right. up, son. I
10: saw
4: it's our homage to Steve Smith, where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. This is the opportunity for us to go off the beaten track. Well, first, it's our show. We do whatever fuck we want. But, hey, you get to. This is one time we reserve where we can talk about things that are not football specifically if we want to. Anybody's fair game. Cody, you got an ice up pick for us this week?
2: Uh, I got two real quick ones, but go first.
0: Okay,
4: well, CK, you've locked in. Later, you need me to go first.
0: Um, mine's just simple. I mean, it's uh, David. The, the, the uh, no no, it's not David Tepper. Um, it's the uh, all the people trembling in their boots over the news that the Epstein list is about to be released. All those. Uh, all
4: oh those people... really? Oh, what yeah. is? Did you see this crazy uh, exchange between Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel? Yes.
2: Oh, and, yes, dude. I wanted to talk about that too, man. All right, let's talk about it.
4: Can I, you want to, I'll put the Kimmel. Are you ready to go ahead and start introducing this, CK, the, what's happening?
0: Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, you want me to do it on the, uh, on the, I'll, um, pull,
4: I'll pull up the Kimmel tweet. Just don't play okay. the Rogers clip. Right. Okay. So tell them what
0: happened. On, uh, so they have the Aaron Rodgers Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, Aaron Rodgers came on. Um, And he was uh, he was talking about a lot of stuff. Um, Towards the end of his time, he was uh, there was uh, some talk. And this is after they went off off air of ESPN. They started to begin the conversation around Epstein. And, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers made a bit of a joke slash, you know, maybe not so much of a joke uh, talking about Jimmy Kimmel uh, being named on that list of Epstein uh, associates. And but uh, wasn't
4: Kimmel? Didn't he come now to fr- not completely free Kimmel from whatever? Here is wasn't he real hard on Aaron Rodgers on his stand up about yes. the vaccination stuff
0: that on uh, a show? I mean, like he made he he ripped into Aaron Rodgers, um, for his whole thing, uh, last or back in 2020 or 2021, rather. Um, and so that's uh, that's been an easy like that's kind of been a uh, a back and forth between these guys this entire time, um, and and Jimmy Kimmel in uh, non comedic fashion, might I right. add, right, uh, comes in with this tweet, um, and I'll let you read it if you would like. But by the he way,
4: so so Aaron Rodgers said he would just pop a bottle if his name was actually on the list, right? right. Because uh, I guess obviously he wants this person to come off their high horse. And that's the thing is a lot of people made him out to be completely a kook. Um, So Jimmy Kimmel tweets this, Dear asshole, for the record, I have not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein. Nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft brain wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up, and we will debate the facts further in court.
2: Dude, shut the fuck up. What a Isn't that wild
4: cop? that a comedian who talks so much stuff, like just in general, about people and things that that they are so defensive in that moment?
2: And do he has the least amount of personality out of any late night show host? Like, dude. He's a joke, man. He's always been this super liberal, super woke type yeah. of fucking guy. And Dude, if you're liberal, we don't give a fuck. We're a Panthers podcast. But like, when you go around being ultra fucking judgy, like, if you want to say, a, hey, you're an asshole, don't, 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 don't spread, don't spread lies on me. Fine, that's one thing. But to get all offended, like, you're gonna sue him. You put my family in mm. danger. Like, bro, shut up. It's can dish
4: so it out, but you can't take it a little bit.
2: Yeah, man, it's like virtue signaling. It's virtue signaling. Yes, because yes. he already knows there's a ton of people that hate Aaron Rodgers. Think he's the anti-vaxer asshole, and he's you know he's the perfect target. Dude, they're still for, hitting
4: him with double yeah. vax. Didn't Ryan Fitzpatrick hit him with a double vax? And you just want to say know. this is guess what, I hate Ryan?
2: Fitzpatrick too, man.
4: You just guess what? If you're double vaxed, it don't work no more. <laughs>
0: It don't matter if you That's had what two, they say, dude. That's what they say. Right?
4: It's like it's two years old, bro. You sorry, unless you had a flu shot this year, it, your flu shot from two years ago don't work no more.
1: Yeah, there's they, <laughs> yeah.
0: studies that have come out that said, um, for the, the more vaccine boosters you've had, the more likely you are actually to get Yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
2: yeah like there's legit studies now. It's not just like controversy and. Conspiracy shit. I I'll just say think- this. This is very anecdotal. I don't, I haven't met one person that got the Vax and didn't get COVID like in the next few months.
4: <laughs> <laughs> right. Anecdote. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, what was Whatever. This is not a. Yeah. I don't even care about that. Yeah, oh, it does, so though, bring you one of the things that's wild is like when wackadoo takes become less wackadoo over time. So yeah. I mean I could give you historically where like and I'm not gonna go into it over diatribe, but like in the what people were saying about like the American, the revolutionaries, the American revolutionaries say in 1776, there were some people saying that shit in seventeen sixty-four and they were seen as fringy ideas. Like those are the radical, you know, those are the when you talked about that vaccine not coming in, like is if you said that shit came out of a lab in China. In 2021, you get shamed.
2: Yeah, you were ridiculed. You were called as racists. a
4: as a conspiracy theorist, as a wacko. Yeah. And now I, the own CDC, the the fa- yeah. Fauci guy doesn't do, even you, do you that. You know
2: what I loved? That somehow, if you said that the coronavirus came from a lab, that you were racist against Asian people. <laughs> oh no, but it, but it was never racist to say, "Oh yeah, Asian people eat bats." And that's what started the fucking world. <laughs> like. Give me a fucking brain, dude. God, the world that we're living is it's fucking
4: more. Absurd. It's like more uh, uh, politically correct to say that they were smart enough to create a virus <laughs> in, in a lab and shit than. Or less, right, and, right, right, like, right. those mugs hate bats.
2: Yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone knows the Chinese. eat bats. Oh, That's god, you know how calories. bad their food healthcare standards are, and how
4: man, they need a better <laughs> department of health looking over their restaurants and their butcheries.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they, they have uh, another one breaking loose in China, too. All
4: right, I was gonna you know, do this long ice up, I got this to argue. I had my best tweet ever this past week, guys. For real yeah like I mean if you want to just look at, number wise yeah and it was no it wasn't about the Carolina Panthers it was about uh, American history and American slavery it got
0: 20 Are you talking sp- about that one yeah, I know which one you're talking about the one that you were like your ice up pick I, I saw that
4: oh well that came from the discussion of it but this tweet got 635 likes really uh, 9 nice. retweets 27,000 20, 27, views. Anyway, it was I got no like history stuff, which is wild. But I'm not gonna ice that one up because I don't have the energy to really invest in the conversation at this moment. But I will do this one. This is, I don't know what I'm icing up or how I feel. That's it. I'll let you guys help me along <laughs> is- with my ice up pick. Here we go. Okay, well, I yeah. present this. It helps if I present. Share screen. Um, Assisted suicide pod that passed an independent legal review showing it complies with Swiss law. The push of the button, the pod fills with nitrogen gas, rapidly lowering oxygen levels and killing the user. I just don't know how I feel about the picture of this girl waving goodbye here. Yeah, <laughs> like this is the that <laughs> so, just so I'm just icing up the way this makes me feel.
2: That sweet old lady in her final. I moments. mean, she's <laughs> not even old. She's like
4: 48, dude. <laughs>
2: dude, what
4: holding the- like I I don't know. This picture with this tweet just makes me feel uncomfortable. That's my ice up pick. <laughs> All right, Cody, you're up.
2: Uh mine is simple and stupid, much like I've been called in my life. Let's just fuck around and find out. So he's trying to spin on this fucking wheel.
4: Oh it's <laughs> gonna hit that shit.
1: What? <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 I, mean, uh, I could have told you that shit. <laughs>
1: Let me see if we this hear the thing, ball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God, oh, God crack,
4: crack, crack, That sound is so crack skull. Dude. That's what that sound is. I saw a, a video and someone put up a very I thought wise response it. to it and it said uh I hope this doesn't become a TikTok challenge and the guy had stolen a police's police officer's gun. Like he unlatched the holster and snuck it out like a pickpocket. And this is what the internet breeds right here. It's like that yeah, nobody said you can fucking hit your head on that pole right there.
2: All right. See how stupid. Hey uh, play stupid games win stupid prizes. Oh, I mean I think we're dumb to oh, stop I thought you had two Okay. No, cool. I thought I did too, but Let's go.
4: I didn't save them. This is a C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. My name's Tony Dunn. These are my co-hosts, Cody Lack, CK. They, uh, You can find them where you see their names described on the screen or in the show notes. Cody Lack, take us out of
2: here. C3 Nation. Uh, until after our final game of the season. We'll be back for the post-game show. Oh, yeah. But you know what we're going to do in the meantime. Keep pounding.
10: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.